Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy Marty here from Myrtle Beach on a beautiful morning at Myrtle Beach. Has some great air flowing through a sun porch right now. I'm here to introduce this week's episode with American Hoddle. Matt O'Dell and I sat down with American Hoddle earlier this week. We got blindingly drunk and talked about Bitcoin and a bunch of other stuff. I think you freaks are really going to love it, and you're going to have an urge to go find some big titty bitches after. This episode of Fails from the Crypt was brought to you by the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them. If you've listened to this podcast, if you live in America, and you have not downloaded the Cash App yet, and you're looking to buy Bitcoin, what the fuck are you waiting for? Cash App is the number one finance app in the App Store for the last two years. And they're the only P2P payments app letting you buy Bitcoin right now. All right. So if you're looking to stack sats, download the Cash App. Use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $5. $5 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse in Chicago. And then you're going to be able to stack sats. All right. So you can buy Bitcoin, sell Bitcoin, uh, send it from your wallet, or excuse me, send it from your Cash App to a personal wallet or from a personal wallet to the Cash App. On top of that, you're going to get their boost program. Uh which gives you a personalized debit card that is accepted anywhere Visa is accepted, and they have partner merchants that allow you to save when you use the boost, boost card when you spend it at their locations. So use the code STACKINGSATS, get your $5, send $5 to Owls, and then start stacking sats with the Cash App. This episode is also brought to you by Casa. I don't know if you freaked saw it earlier this week, but Casa dropped the Casa Node 2. It's a hot piece of hardware <coughs> built on a Raspberry Pi 4. It's got a 1 terabyte SSD, 4 gigabytes of RAM, and uh, they partnered with BTC Pay Server for this as well. So there's a BTC Pay Server integration. Casa is leveling up. And on top of that, if you want to uh, engage in a multi-sig signature with Casa, or excuse me, a multi-sig setup with Casa, go check them out at keys.casa slash keymaster. And use the code TFTC. You're going to get up to $250 off your Casa memberships. These guys have membership tiers for multi-sig solutions for all types of all types of situations for your personal stash for your business stash uh, no KYC no altcoins uh, you have 100% of control of your coins at all time and they have very impeccably designed apps that make the experience very good they have the sats app uh, which has you check in with your node and you can get sats back by interacting with that app um, if you want to throw your hardest offset questions at Casa before you engage with their their uh, service, email them at membership at team.casa and throw them your hardest offset questions. They'll also walk you through a demo if you want to. They're nice. They're nice people. They don't bite. Reach out. If you're curious, just reach out. You can do it. Use the code TFTC. You're going to get up to $250 off. Um, check out Casa. Check out Cash App. And enjoy this episode. I'm sorry I got so drunk. I, I know I started rambling towards the end. When you get the good whiskey in front of Uncle Marty and he hasn't eaten much all day, uh, he tends to get a little drunk. Enjoy, freaks. Tales from the Crypt. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here. On a Monday night, drinking a very good whiskey, we got uh, the wheat, excuse me, grabbing the bottle right now, the Heritage Cast Club Distillers Reserve Small Batch, 100% wheat whiskey uh, from our friend Matt Case. Very rare bottle for a very rare occasion, for a very special occasion. Sitting, I got the beautiful Matt Adele across from me. Matt, how are we? Sub freaks. Happy Monday night. Happy Mondays. And we got the very special guest, American Hoddle in the house. American Hoddle. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Pleased to be here, gentlemen. Thanks for traveling. How was your flight? It was nice, actually. I flew first class. 
high time preference, you know, boss. <laughs> what was this high time preference uh, experience like? Was it worth it? Well, listen, I'm a, t- I'm, a, I'm tall, so like I fucking need first class in my life. Okay, it's one of life's little luxuries. Like I'm not gonna be crammed in the back. First humble break. <laughs> Starting off strong. Starting off real strong. Uh, good, good cross country flight. You're here. Quick rip, 24 hours. I am honored, flattered, even that. Yeah. We are here drinking whiskey right now, and you have ripped this trip. I, t- I told you guys before this podcast, like, you guys are my first in-real-life Bitcoiners, okay? So my cherry has been popped by the TFTC boys. I hope it's not disappointing. You know, I feel a little violated, but in a good way. <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah, we're, we don't bite. It's a light touch. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. How the hell did you get here? This is Tales from the Crypt. What is your tale? You have popped up on Twitter, uh, created... Incredible stir, incredible memes, 6.15 Bitcoin roll after 6.15 for the, for the futures of big titty bitches <laughs> and eternal riches. How did you get to a point where you were memeing this random uh, amount of Bitcoin into the, into the mainstream? Well, it's not random. There's a, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but me and Plan B actually share an econometrics team. And when they're not working on S2F, they work on uh, the big titty model for me. So it's not random. I'm offended you said that. But the way I got into Bitcoin was like, like a lot of people, I tried to buy drugs on the Silk Road, specifically DMT, because I wanted to see space aliens. And I was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan at the time, back when the Joe Rogan show was like dangerous and insane. Now it's become a little, it's become a little corporatized and commoditized, you know? I think he's had a few good episodes recently. I've been diving back into Joe. I was a hardcore Joe uh, listener in like 2011 to 2014. Me too. And uh, it definitely has strayed, but I think more recently he's gotten back to old Joe. I don't know. When I heard Bernie Sanders come on and he didn't ask any questions. I didn't ask. I didn't didn't watch the Bernie episode. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I was just like, ugh. But anyway. Talking about the Black Keys episode. That's one in particular that stuck out to me. That was a good episode also. Well, I actually, I first heard about Bitcoin on, from Duncan Trussell, a uh, well-known comedian who used to go on the, the Joe Rogan podcast all the time. He has the best drunk history ever, uh, Nikola Tesla. Yeah, it's, it's the greatest one. It's one of the, like, the original ones, too. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was telling the story to Hot on that on Twitter, and he came in and he was like, oh, dude, you found out about Bitcoin for me. Like, I have emails from people wanting to give me Bitcoin in 2012, and they fucking burn like fire because I didn't set up the wallet and accept any of them. And so he was, like, out there proselytizing, but, you know, he didn't even buy any himself or anything. So I found out about that. I found out about Silk Road. I was like, I want to score drugs. Then I was like, I can't send drugs to myself through the mail. My father was an attorney. And so I was, I was just hearing his voice in the back of my head being like, are you fucking retarded? Like, don't send drugs to yourself through the mail. Because there's this old story about Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. I don't know if you guys know this, but he was sending Marianne uh, weed through the mail. So the chick that played Marianne, he was sending her like copious amounts of pot. And uh, he got super duper busted. So the whole time I'm thinking about the story in my head. So I bail on it. I don't go through with it. Like... 12 months later, my buddy comes to me at the bar and he's like, dude, fucking Bitcoin hit $1,200. Like, we could have been multimillionaires. I remember just staring at my beer all night, like just sad, like the music from the Incredible Hulk plays. And I'm just like, what could have been, you know? (laughs) So then like 18 months after that or so, I walk out of a casino with five grand from playing blackjack. And I'm like, now's the time. Because I felt like gambling still, right? And I was like, what seems like a stupid gamble? Bitcoin. And so that popped in my head and I was like, I'm just going to sink all this five grand into Bitcoin. I bought like 23 Bitcoins or something at the time with it. 
And uh, so, are you a big gambler? Like, do you? I used to be a much bigger gambler, you know, before mm-hmm. Bitcoin, honestly, because Bitcoin like lowered my time preference. Where I was like, that's stupid. Although I did, I was just at the casino like a few days ago. <laughs> I won another five grand. So, well, it is interesting. That's one um, uh, subsect of Bitcoiners that always fascinates me. Is particularly within gambling, the poker crew that comes to find yep. Bitcoin and come obsessed with Bitcoin. It seems well because in gambling you have to manage your bankroll, right? Mm-hmm. And so you learn that through gambling and you have to experience extreme volatility. So when you sit at the table, like especially when you sit at a blackjack table, the volatility is just fucking off the charts, man. Like I had a buddy, uh, same buddy who came up to me and told me Bitcoin was at 1200 bucks. And he was, he had lost like $13,000 that he didn't have, you know, had cash advanced his credit card, all this shit, really bad situation. He had $200 left. He went to the table with it and turned that $221,000. And like fully came back. Like not only was he not down, he was up like ten grand or whatever, you know. In the black by eight or something like that, yeah. Yeah. And so you learn you learn to stomach this volatility and you become emotionally dead inside to it. And I think that's what gambling does teach you. Like that's the benefit of gambling. But it would be a crime to say, like, I was a good gambler. I was just, like, so-so at best. Well, yeah. this is one thing that fascinates Like, how early did you get into gambling? Because I am somebody who never caught the gambling bug, and I was actually thinking about this more recently because I had my 10-year high school reunion, and I met up with uh, some old classmates, and I uh, was reminded that in my senior lunch table, a couple of the kids at my lunch table ran a book. And I remember how stressed out they were running a book when we were, like, 17, wow. 16. It was, I mean, it wasn't, like... It was high school kids, like yeah. $20 bets and stuff like that. But I only ever put one bet that like the Eagles would cover against the Patriots. I think my senior year of high school, I won, but never got into it. Like what? The worst thing that happened to me happened with gambling. Like I went to the casino on my 21st birthday and I did a four-team parlay. I can't remember what the teams were or whatever. And then like the Ravens barely covered and I won like 1500 bucks. And I was like, clearly I'm a genius. Like clearly I'm the world's best gambler. And then I was chasing that dragon, which is what happens to a lot of gamblers, you know? Yeah. And gambling will like quietly ruin you. Worse than drugs, well, will, you know. That's what, like, even when I work in, worked at Barstool Sports, I mean, that's like a degenerate gambler, gambler's paradise. That's all they do all day. They really pivoted hard towards gambling, and I was sitting there. I was like, I don't know how you idiots just not. I'm not calling them idiots, but I don't know how, like, people can just throw thousands of dollars at football games every night and be okay with that. Like, it, you know, stress. it's very similar to lifestyle inflation creep too. Like where you used to get happy driving like a Honda Fit or whatever, and then you need a fucking Mercedes. You need to pull up in a Mercedes to feel good about yourself. You at first gambling fifty dollars a hand seems like a lot of money, and then you just dead inside to that. That's like peanuts. It's nothing. And then you need to gamble thousand dollars a hand. It's like drugs. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that that creep, that inflation that that comes up, uh, that's what ruins people. And like drugs, like you can get down. The reason gambling is worse than drugs is because with drugs, you can just get down to rock bottom and that's it. With gambling, you can go below rock bottom. Get like you can debt. get in serious debt, bankrupt your family, bankrupt other people, like do identity fraud on them, you know, all sorts of shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800. <laughs> what is it? Gambling? 1 800. Gamblers Gamb- Anonymous. Gamblers Anonymous. Like Google that number and call it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, Bitcoin kind of ruined gambling for me because, like, Bitcoin is just so crazy in oh, terms yeah. of price action. A hundred percent. And it's like to sit at a blackjack table for like five hours just really isn't. But it. Uh, but it is funny to me anymore. But it is funny, like how addicting it is and how volatile it is. The, I guess the uh, the gratification, like the potential for delayed gratification, exists in Bitcoin, where I would argue it does not exist in 
it's not as guaranteed in gambling, right? Like, well, it's zero percent guaranteed. <laughs> like you're gonna lose your money <laughs> in gambling. Yeah. You do like a long. I guess like equivalent thing would be like a long-term sports bet. Right, like you pick right. somebody to win the season, maybe or something like, or like that. Like four seasons in the future, yeah. If it was possible, no one has that line. Yeah, but that's what it would be like, right? Yeah. I don't even, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but I don't even feel like Bitcoin is gambling. <laughs> like it just feels like a sure thing to me, and I know that like we're supposed to think adversarially and like you know that anything could fuck this whole experiment up, but like it feels super fucking inevitable to me. Then again, I'm not as smart as some of the people that come on here, like Eric Boskel or you know whoever else that have issues with what might occur in the future. Well, you'd be surprised that uh, I wouldn't discount your, your own ability to be smarter than some people that you deem smart. That was, that's what I learned when I worked in finance. It was like all these people I held on the pedestal, like, Oh my God, you're the chief investment officer of so-and-so hedge fund. I mean, meeting with them, you sit down, you talk to them for two hours. You're like, ah, dude, wasn't as like, didn't blow me away as much as Just I was a expecting. Person. Just a person. Exactly. Did you ever see a margin call? You ever seen that movie? No. Kevin Spacey. Ever see that one? Jeremy Irons comes in and he's like the big swinging dick, you know, and like it's like a Lehman Brothers type firm and everybody's going under. And he goes, why do you think I sit in this big chair? You think it's because I'm smart? I'm not smart. I'm only here because I know when the music is going to stop. And right now it sounds like it's about to stop. Yeah. You know? so, so let's dive into this. Like what makes you so confident in Bitcoin? Like what, what do you see? What, what drives your confidence? You know, honestly, it's other Bitcoiners that make me so confident in Bitcoin. Like... And we're all of a similar age. We're all of a similar uh, generation. And, you know, I, I meet a lot of other people um, in our generation that are not very high conviction. They don't, they seem to be lost. They don't know what they're aiming at. Like, I have friends that this is like a West Coast thing, but they just go to Disneyland all the time. And, like, they're adult people. Like, stop fucking going to Disneyland. Like, you have no reason to be there. <laughs> like, kids or anything. They just, they go. just go. I, saw- I have a buddy who has a kid. He leaves his kid at home and goes to Disneyland on his own. Like, stop being a perpetual Peter Pan, you little fuck. What? I want to strangle this guy. <laughs> That's a weird hobby to have as an adult, too. Poor kid that got left home. Yeah. Dude, this is a serious well, West that- Coast thing. Yeah. Well, West Coast thing, millennial thing, if you will, like the Peter Pan never, never grow up. Right, is totally. That, is that a thing? Does that exist? Is that, uh, is our generation live in our parents' basement? Uh, does it have this drive to never grow up? Or totally. Is and, that is yeah, that a situation that's been forced upon us, or is it is it laziness? Well, we're complicit and we're responsible. And if you don't want to view yourself as complicit and responsible, then that's on you. You know. Because Bitcoin exists. It's right here. Like, fucking stack some sats. Like, you know, you can take control of your life right now. You can take control of your monetary sovereignty right now. Well, in your mind, how does Bitcoin let you do that? Like, what is stacking sats? <laughs> We're getting so deconstructive here. I like it. Uh, yeah. Let's rip it. It's a Monday <laughs> night. We got the pen out. We got the whiskey out. Let's see. How does it let you do it? Well, just like every single transaction you make across the network, like when you first start making them, they're really scary because you're like, if I send this money to some cyber criminal, like I'm never going to see it again. But then every time you, you know, transact or like make a transaction, people say you're not allowed to make or make a transaction across border seamlessly. You just feel, I feel powerful. Maybe it sounds cheesy to say that, but I feel really powerful when, when I do that, you know, I don't think it's cheesy at all. That's, and that's one thing we've been talking about a lot more since we've been experimenting, particularly more lightning is that we've been making a lot more transactions that we have in the past. I was, scared to send transactions only but a few months ago but i feel more comfortable now lightning just inherently feels more comfortable right yeah it's actually been i don't know if i said this on the podcast yet but uh through the merch sales it's been interesting interesting to see number one the amount of people willing to pay in bitcoin which actually shouldn't be interesting um but the first the first round we probably had like 10 percent of sales 
paid in Bitcoin this round of merch. It's probably like 15 to 20%. And of that, I would say 80% is via Lightning. Like big 30 to $40 transactions. If I want to pay with Bitcoin, I'd rather pay with Lightning. Yeah. yeah. Unless it was like over $100. No, but it's been, uh, it's been crazy to see just observationally watching people interact with the store as they would without me pushing them in any direction, just using Lightning. For like, again, 30 to $40 large forty dollar transactions. Pretty which, big for lightning. Yeah. That's, that's what I expect. Yeah. And it, yeah. and it works seamlessly it seems. Like that's the thing with our BTC pay server. DJ set it up, it's running. We've had to upgrade a couple times, but it's been pretty much flawlessly running in the background, unabated without having to update anything, which is good to see. It's always tricky with lightning too, because like you don't want to get ahead of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to fall into the trap that everybody fell into in like 2013, 2014, where it's like Bitcoin's free; it'll be free forever, because we don't know how the system is going to evolve, you know. Right. But it is super promising what's going on, and like gives me a lot of hope for, you know. I think I think lightning is going to be front page news like ten years from now, but that there's going to be a lot of work in those well, in that decade. Will it even be in the news? It's just <laughs> happening. It's just like something like behind the scenes. Right? True. True. Like, well, most, most end users probably won't even... It'll be abstracted away. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. But it, I guess what I mean by that They'll is... They'll just be using Bitcoin. It'll be a big even. part of our lives. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Ten years from now. Or something similar to it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Let's get heady here. And, like, really talk about it. And something that I really want to dive into tonight. Like, how much does Bitcoin take over, like, the conversation, like, across the world over the next decade? We have like big geopolitical movements happening. We have U.S. versus China versus Russia. We have the European banking crisis that seems to be looming. You have uh, uh, upheaval in the Middle East. You have terrible currencies in Latin America, and just tumult and chaos around the world, which has been the case probably every time or every moment throughout history. You could probably point to a lot of chaos, but it seems like particularly now. There's a lot of chaos, and that's the question. Like, is Bitcoin going to be under the radar? Are we going to build out this infrastructure while this is going on, or do you think it becomes more uh, part of the narrative? Like, Let me answer your question with a question. Since you put your first money into Bitcoin, has there been a single day where you haven't read something about Bitcoin, engaged with Bitcoin? No. Matt, what about you? Not in a, not in a while. <laughs> right. Probably should take a break, though. <laughs> Like, we're all that fucking note. obsessed with that. I think the world is going to be, too. But are we crazy? Dude like, writes a newsletter every morning on it. <laughs> he is one of the one of the sources. I think of myself as yeah. sane and I rational. I don't think I'm a source. I'm just a hi- highlighter, if you will. Right. But you said, you know, like, interact with a, like a Bitcoin news item. Like, the bent would be... Right. Yeah. Me, me reading the bent is an interaction. You writing it is even more of an interaction. That's fair. I read the bent every day. Oh, thank you. I thought today's bent was very good. Oh, thank you. And that's one of the things that concerns me a lot as well. Just how are we going to make sure that people continue to care about decentralization into the future? Yeah. So that's uh, that's, a great topic to talk about. So uh, bent this morning, what is it? October 7th? Yeah, correct. October 7th, 2019, at about 11.30 a.m., I posted an issue of Marty's Bent. <laughs> and it was, uh, I highlighted Udi, Udi Werthmeyer's tweet, which was a quote of Greg Maxwell on Reddit, uh, where somebody posited, like, uh, are you guys worried about 51% attacks? Which I, and I think the person who commented was like, I think this is like Bitcoin's biggest attack vector. And Greg Maxwell came on and said, uh, I really don't think that's Bitcoin's biggest attack vector. I think Bitcoin... 
Bitcoin's biggest attack vector is um, Bitcoiners in the future not understanding uh, the need to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, the need to protect assure, uh, trade-offs and uh, assurances that, that enable Bitcoin to, to survive. And, apathy, basically. Yeah, yeah, apathy and ignorance. It's a combination of the both. So do they care? Number two, number one, do they even know that they need to care, which I think is the most important thing. I'm not is, actually, is it more ignorance or apathy? Yeah, I think it's apathy. Uh, you know, most people just do the easy thing. That's just how most people operate. And like, we've seen that uh, since the American Revolution that like, you know, we've just had this creeping centralization in America, centralization of power across institutions, uh, mainly, you know, because of the monetary supply. But like decentralization was at the ethos of the American Revolution. We were going to be a decentralized group of states all working together. And we have just lost that fully over time. You know, so I'm not actually as worried about I think we're minting hardcore maximalist every day because everybody wants that 6.15. Everybody <laughs> wants eternal riches and big titty bitches, you know, <laughs> but I'm worried about our children and I'm worried about our grandchildren. I'm worried about 300 years from now, you know. Seven generation thinking. Exactly. That's one thing I'd like to bring up. It's a Which concept is... that's not well known. Uh, I actually had somebody reach out to me, because uh, Travis Kling and I had touched on it, uh, the episode I dropped last Friday. And somebody who I talked to about Bitcoin reached out to me. It's like, I really like, like that thought, like seven generation thinking. It's, it's not... like 500 years, though. No, it's 210. Right. A generation is like 30 years. Is that over, over, It's only 30 years? I'm pretty sure. Right? Well, yeah. I was thinking like lifetime. Say. I was I like say. thinking lifetime. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, because so if you think about it, you're only really productive in the middle of your life. You know, like yeah, it's not like when you're a baby, you come right out and start. You know. Yeah, I was thinking like seventy, seven years old times seven. No, yeah, it's like thirty times ninety years. Thirty times seven, like half that. Okay. Which is like three hundred years. That's like that seems like a reasonable expectation. Well, that yeah, like plant a tree. That yeah. might that. At least thinking 60 years into the future. Um, but no, not even like, I'm not going to tell people actionable advice to think seven generations ahead. Just the, the concept of thinking seven generations ahead of you and your actions right now affecting those people is, again, it goes hand in hand with low time preference and, and thinking about ways in which we can affect the world, not only while we're on it, but when we're past and shit like that. Totally. Yeah. I, you know, I've always had low like low time preference thinking like my father was one of these guys who was very low time preference and basically taught me about compounding super early on and like I started investing super early you know at like 16 17 and learning how the markets worked and everything and I was like the annoying asshole to all my friends being like we can all be fucking rich man don't you understand like all you have to do is like don't go drinking this weekend right like just you know put like a hundred dollars a week away like basically stacking sats but you know, it's a much tougher pitch when you're like Put it in these complex financial instruments that nobody <laughs> fucking understands. All right, you're going to go to Vanguard.com. All right, you're going to set up an account go through all the KYC AML. There was this great man. His name was Jack Vogel, and he basically made the fees super low. Like, it's like it's, <laughs> you have to know too much, right? And it's a rigged game for smart people. One of the things like I love the most about Bitcoin is that, you know, when Bitcoin overtakes the world, anybody's abuela across, like, Latin America can, you know, take... <laughs> they can take their digital hard-earned savings and put it under their digital mattress aka you know their gold card or whatever it is and nobody can fuck with them they become unfuckwithable you know mm -hmm. and numbers should go up yes yeah but this and this is why we were bullish with betty what was that about a bullish year with betty i forgot about betty remember betty was running a uh, a barbecue joint in kenya pod. i believe or nairobi 
It's Kenya. Nairobi is Nairobi is, is in Kenya. Kenya. Nairobi, Kenya. She was running a a barbecue joint down there. But yeah, no, it is empowering and it's and she was when do people classes. like so going back to the point of ignorance versus apathy, like right. I think it I think it's hard to be apathetic once you don't have the ignorance anymore, right? Like once yeah. you know, it's like, oh, how could you be apathetic? Yeah, that's like, why this I would actually better. I wouldn't slam people with apathy because apathy is a choice, right? Like yeah. you're you're choosing to be apathetic. I, I think most people just are born into the dogma. They don't know what's around them. They don't know how the world works. I mean, one of the things we all feel, right? Like, did you feel as embarrassed as I felt? Like that you had never, even for a second, considered how money works? Yeah, that was, that was a pretty scary realization. It's super embarrassing. And you feel like, what a dumbass I am. I've been, I've been like making all these calculations and wasting my time and my fucking life for something that I don't even know how it works. I don't even understand it. Just a bunch of men somewhere else, like fucking decide it for me. Like what a pussy bitch am I, you know? Yeah, no, and it's, it's crazy. And it makes you think you're crazy and that you're like, oh, the, the bad ad hominem attack of a conspiracy theorist. Like, but that's how they like tried to paint like end the fed and Ron Paul's whole, uh, like campaign to end the fed was like, oh, you're some conspiracy theorist. But the fact that nobody knows what money is or how it works, like you grow up, you go through the schooling system, you pay all that goddamn money. Yeah. You, I, pay, I paid all that goddamn money for an economics degree and like the money creation part was one, one class, money banking was like one class, one prerequisite, like one 10 week sprint. Like that was it. It wasn't expounded upon. A little introductory, nothing too crazy and everything else was theory. Right. But nobody knows what money is yet. It drives everything. Again, Money is the root of all evil. Fuck money, or excuse me, fuck money. <laughs> fuck bitches, get money. Like, and people, and again, like I've said this plenty of times, especially in the last three months. But we've been warned throughout history, like, don't fuck up the money. And people don't even know what money is, let alone that they should not let it get fucked up. You know, that's something that we haven't fucking memed yet that needs to be memed. Like, how do you meme don't fuck up the money in a way that like compounds across generations where this just becomes a part of culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we go into church on Sundays and basically the sermon is just every Sunday. Don't fuck up the money. Don't forget to fuck up the money freaks. Don't forget to not fuck up the money. Don't forget to fuck up the money. I mean, if you want to talk apathy, like you can see it in other chains, right? In the communities of other chains already. Uh, things like Ethereum, where they, you know, there's no, there's no uh, priority placed on actually like keeping the system distributed and right. censorship resistant. So you well, could use that as like kind of a blueprint of what not well, to do. Well, that's another thing. Like, what are, what are these chains uh, performance tuning for, right? Like, is Ethereum performance tuning for censorship resistance or functionality? Do they even, know, like, can you have one without the other. Like that's what I think everybody outside of Bitcoin's big mental block is, is like this stuff takes course direction. You need one thing to happen before you can have right. another thing. Like you need it to be sufficiently decentralized and robust before you can even think to build the DeFi land that you want or some shit like oh, that. Oh DeFi man. I think <laughs> the problem is we don't know like how decentralized is enough. Right. And we won't know well, Until it's potentially well, you too have late, tests, right? right? Didn't we have? Would you argue we did not have a test two years ago? No, we absolutely had a test. I mean, it's better to overshoot it and be conservative, obviously, right? Yes, yes. But the problem is, you have apathy, 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 and then we have the true test, and we're not ready for it, right? And that could set you well, back. This, this goes years, back to my decades. point. Like, once you 
like once you overcome the ignorance of not knowing what it is and you understand most people have not maybe we're um maybe we're biased and we're living in our own bubble but i think once you understand like the fundamentals of bitcoin you're like oh this is fundamentally a better fairer system like you want it to happen so once you overcome that ignorance it's hard to be apathetic right and so like that's what i'm trying to get to like i think it may be an education problem there's people i've met apathy problem. there's people i met that like they missed the whole bitcoin cash segwit 2x thing. like they were here they owned bitcoin and they had no idea what was going on <laughs> they just had absolutely no there's a large group i like we live in our own little like twitter reddit telegram bubble uh there's a lot of Bitcoiners that could give two shits. All they all they know is they open Treasure on the the, the web wallet and they have their Bitcoin there and they use it for whatever they. Well, use they it just for. that's number go up. They just want number go up, you know, yeah. or whatever they're using it for. So, you know? do you think our little bubble, the Twitter sphere, the uh, Bitcoin autist, if you will, that we all are, <laughs> and just decide to focus on this twenty four seven three sixty five? Is it a is it a uh, does it matter in the long run? Like, are we just noise? Do you think it's helpful? That's a good question. Obviously, I I buy into the idea that we're all you know uh, white blood cells. Like, I think that we're a protective mechanism for Bitcoin, and you need to have an intolerant minority to tell people to fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, if everybody doesn't care, then what's the point of the system? Like, we all have to be high conviction. Because of where we're coming from. Like, we grew up in a system where everybody didn't care. If we just went right back to not fucking caring, like, why are we even jettisoning the current system? Why don't we just let some assholes over at the Fed, like, tell us what to do, you know? No, I agree. And luckily, up to this point, uh, Bitcoiners have been able to stand up to the test and tell people to fuck off. And that was the point of today's bent. Like, in the future, when more people inevitably come into Bitcoin will that intolerant minority be enough? Like, do you think Bitcoin's intolerant minority, the core group of Bitcoiners probably uh, in our circles and some very close to ours, uh, is that enough to ensure Bitcoin's assurances into the future? We're doing pretty good, actually. You know, I'm going to like cheerlead a little bit. Like I have a buddy who is a total noob and he's not, he's not a very bright guy, right? And I got him into Bitcoin recently and I was like, listen, dude, just buy some Bitcoin and if it's lower than what you bought it for in 2022, I will buy it off of you for what you paid. This is like a no risk investment. Yeah, no risk. No risk. And he knows that I have money, you know, and so he was, he was cool with it. This guy is totally the kind of guy who would just leave his shit on Coinbase. And, you know, I, I couldn't get him to not buy on Coinbase. <laughs> he was insistent on buying. Why? Well, I, he had downloaded the app back in, you know, during the bull run and he still had it. And he was like, that's the app I know. That's, you know. So that's one of the Coinbase has a network effect. We that's don't Lindy. Like, that's some Lindy right there. We don't like to admit it, but they have a network effect, and uh, they're fucking it up. I mean, it's like AOL. You it's know, like they're trying yeah. as hard. They as can't possible get out of their own way. Well, it really seems like they're trying to kill their business. Like, does it not long term? Like short term, they're doing a killer, I guess. But long term, it's either that or they're such a character of the uh, like mental lapses that exist in Silicon Valley and San Francisco, in particular, in those tech circles that. They literally don't even know that they're like a laughing stock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. Brian Armstrong took the giving Like pledge. Brian Armstrong in particular. Completely yeah. out of touch. Completely has, out of touch. Has no idea. But yeah. yeah. He took the giving pledge and his money is like basically all paper. You know what I mean? Like, what are you giving? You know? I mean, he's, he still should be commended for that. Sure. Right? But 
Whenever someone be gives half when away goes, their money, when he goes to give half it, their money away. like I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Yeah. Well, that's so actually I'll a good segue into that. something I wanted to bring up to you. I saw on your Twitter uh, people who are hating on billionaires. Bernie doesn't think billionaires should exist. Right. I heard you coming at people, or saw you coming at people on Twitter. Well, here's the thing: like that's a variable, right? You're saying a billion is the number that we want nobody to be hoarding. Right. And obviously it goes, it gets very complex because Jeff Bezos doesn't have like just billions sitting in a Scrooge McDuck style vault. It's all, he should though. (laughs) Right. It's all wrapped up in Amazon, which is a product we all use on the daily. And like, I would argue has greatly benefited everybody's life now because of seniorage and the Cantillion effect. There are a lot of billionaires like, you know, the assholes over here in Manhattan who live in some fancy McMansions like they, they probably don't deserve their wealth. And so when Bernie's talking about billionaires shouldn't exist, I think he's gearing it towards those type of people, people who are parasites on the system. And obviously, yes, we probably have more parasites than at any time in human history. Well, that's actually an interesting fact that was brought to my attention a couple months ago. I can't pull it right in front of me, but uh, the amount of billionaires uh, from 2007 to 2019 more than doubled. I believe it was like 1,100 existed in right. uh, 2008, 2009, and there was like 2,500 this we're, time last year or something. We're now like at a super unsustainable place where it's easier to make $100 million into $200 million than it is to make hundred k into two hundred. Well, and it's, know? and what most people don't know, and they should know, again, this is like, goes back to the conversation of ignorance over apathy. I think this is a subject people are very ignorant on is the way that the system is constructed is such that those people at that wealth level just literally have to put their paper wealth into some fund that is again paper wealth just moved to another part of the balance sheet that invest in stock markets and the financial uh, markets and fed policy makes it such that those are the safest lowest risk investments for big money managers and those people just make money on paper and that's how you get the amount of billionaires doubling in the course of 10 years throughout uh, the biggest uh, monetary expansion the world has ever seen in response to one of the biggest crises the world has ever seen on a financial level. 100%. Charlie Munger called it an unfortunate side effect at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Like It's just an unfortunate side effect that we've made us all two times richer. Shut the fuck up. Right? <laughs> but people... How do we... When do people realize... Like, I mean, but they're... Like, Occupy Wall Street existed. There was obviously some anger after that. By the way... I must say, I've been fasting today, and this cask whiskey is hitting me pretty hard. I'm a little buzzed already. Oh, yeah, when you fast and then do whiskey. We're it's ha- quite delicious. We're half an hour in, and uh, Uncle Marty's a little, a little buzzed already. But, <laughs> like, how many times could people get their face pissed on, and, people, like, the academics and powers that be tell them it's raining before they, they get up and start buying, buying more Bitcoin. Well, hey, man, uh, Paul Krugman says debt is money we owe to ourselves, you know? That was such a weird tweet. Uh, all caps, repeated four or five yeah, times. Did it he was, just screw up? Like, what, what was going on there? That was well, really he opened weird. himself to, like, some very intellectual criticism, too. It's like, all right, if you're going to say that, who is we? When you say we, in his mind, that's every generation. Uh, like, literally every human is a we, a collective, but... That's not true. Like you have demographics for, I mean, not, you don't have demographics for a reason. You have demographics because of nature, but demographics exist. And like the collective we does not benefit everybody at any given point in time. Like, yeah, it's basically also his version of him doing the, the black girl hand clapping tweet. You know, he's just like repeating it over and over I again. I hate the hand clapping emoji <laughs> on Twitter. 
really bothers me. I've only like done it once. Do and I was, thing. I've only done it once, and I was very, uh, very disappointed in myself for for posting a tweet. I forget what it was about. It's all about context. So. <laughs> you know, it's like you need to stack more sats with hand claps. I'm with that. <laughs> as long as it's on brand. I uh, I mean, this is all like our current financial system is like very new, right? Like in the scheme of things, it's like less than a human lifetime. So I think you just need time, right? Yeah. Like it can't continue this way forever. It's unsustainable. Well, I, I completely agree. And that's the crazy thing is what is it about humans and our inability to put things in context? Like we were just born into this. I'm like, oh, this is the way the world works. This is the way the world works. I feel like, especially in today's day and age, obviously with high time preference, conspicuous consumption driven society where you're looking at your phone and you're refreshing Twitter every five seconds, like the inability for our generation and the generations around us to take like a hundred, hundred foot view and put ourselves in historical context is I think a big flaw and something that's pervasive. I think it's adaptability. Like adaptability is the human gift and curse. You know, it's a double edged sword because we can adapt to any environment. Uh, very quickly, which means if we're sitting on a couch eating potato chips and air conditioning, like we adapt to that. But if we're on the Sahara, you know, living under some elephant bones, fighting off a uh, you know a hyena for our next meal, we adapt to that too. And we just tend to think that whatever's going on around us is going to continue going on into the future. Like this is why people don't understand Bitcoin is because in order to understand Bitcoin, you have to understand evolution because Bitcoin is an evolutionary system. Right. And it's it emerges bottom up like it was not architected top down by some fancy board of assholes like they do over at Ethereum, you know. Ooh, well said. <laughs> well, or Libra would be a really good. Right. Libra is a good one or the Fed. No, yeah. Ethereum is a good example, too. I mean, yeah. it's it's actually been crazy to watch like the the attempted whitewashing of Ethereum's history. And oh, my God. I don't I mean, fuck it. Let's turn it into. Shift it. Always turns this way. Are you uh, are you bullish on Ethereum's uh, prospects of successfully transitioning to ETH 2.0? Well, we were talking about apathy earlier, and I think that um, Ethereum has apathy built right in. Right, when you keep kicking the can down the road, your entire uh, user base and your developer base is just going to become apathetic. Like, when are we going to fix that? I don't know, man. We'll fix it at ETH 2.0, and then you. When are we going to fix it? Ah, we'll fix it at ETH 3.0, man. Well, I saw something last week. Was it, it wasn't Algorland. What was it? When they transitioned to ETH 2.0, some huge apps, Aragon. It was Aragon. Aragon's contracts had become, like, unworkable. So, like, one of the biggest apps on Ethereum. And, and this, again, not an expert on Ethereum. But does Aragon, like, they make purpose-built contracts that other they projects it, can use, right? They're, like, I'm not standard positive. I, I know, know that they have, they have smart contracts running in Solidity right now that work, but when... It transitions to ETH 2.0. They are not going to work uh, backwards compatibly, and it's something like, like that's something that's just glossed over. At least from my observations, it seems that it has been. What I kind of thought was interesting was uh, someone forget who was speculating that there would be like rival VC teams, like VC backed teams, that'll come up with like competing ETH 2.0 chains with like a small pre mine. Of course, that's gonna happen. Well, wasn't Vitalik out trying to? Uh, uh, yeah, Vitalik will be leading one. He was trying to justify developer funds last yeah. week, wasn't he? Mm. Well, that's a constant reoccurring, but he did it again. Yeah. If Vitalik just had another hundred million dollars, right? You guys, he could figure out all the issues. It's like just a hundred mil away. 
if we had enough 6.5 6.15 bitcoin hodlers to donate to the vitalix fund eth would be here we'd have the touring complete world computer that we were promised yeah exactly it's like look at all the money we spend on cancer and we all know we've solved cancer you know (laughs) uh damn dude so what do you do outside of bitcoin so I think, I think a lot of people on Twitter know that I'm a filmmaker mm-hmm. and that that's my training is like, I went to film school when you go to film school, it's like forced entrepreneurship because you, you come out and like, nobody gives a shit and nobody wants to give you a job, you know? Right. So you just have to start a company and start doing your thing. So from that, I jumped into like doing commercials, doing music videos. Like I've definitely done a bunch of stuff people have heard of. Uh, I have like over 1.5 billion views online at the, as at this point. Oh shit! I had no idea. Yeah, but I don't like to. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't. I often don't like to brag about it too, because like some girl who does makeup tutorials, who's like thirteen and lives in her parents' bedroom in Tokyo, has like seven billion views. Yeah. Hey, we're finding uh, uh, good allies in the YouTube makeup tutorial realm. So <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, Michelle <laughs> that's right. <laughs> She's woke, dude. She definitely read the Bitcoin Standard. Oh yeah. This just goes into the point, too, about how anybody could say they like Bitcoin and they all just become our new best friend. We're just well, that's what's important about, we were talking about it earlier, is like that swarm of Bitcoiners online. Mm-hmm. That love and that appreciation. Yeah. Is you it get a pr- positive is feedback. It, but is, is, it, is it too much sometimes? No, the individuals no. don't matter as much as the swarm in its entirety. That's a very good point. Like the individual, like we could come and go. That's, right. That's one of this, um, that's one of this podcast's favorite, uh, favorite lines, is you're only as strong as your weakest link. Like, no... Like the chain is one big entity. Like each link is a part. And like of especially it. on like the education front, I think, and like minting new, like you were saying, like minting new like hardcore Bitcoiners. Do you guys ever worry about like leading people down the wrong path though? Like, what if we're wrong? What if we? I mean, I think the responsible way to do it is like to provide caveats, like caveats around the you know. Also, while you're doing it, yeah, it's which like, I think we do. To this is degree. not a best, but advice. But at least we'll be wrong at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. That's you what know, I was it's say. not like we're trying we to the, pull the hood over yeah. someone. We I mean, have the courage of our conviction. You know? Yes, no, and this is antagonistic questioning, and I agree. Like, I think this stuff again. Like I've been saying, like once you know it, it's like how how could you be apathetic towards this at all? Like it is right. better. It's just what is the best way. Sorry, that was my phone. Like, what is the best way to have people, like, reach that aha moment and well, get know, them into the swarm, if you will? You know, for me, it's more about tightening the inner circle, uh, which is why when I, saw, when I saw you do stacking sats, I was like, this is the fucking, this is the beacon. This is what I've been waiting for. Like, sta- stacking sats? I was like, stacking sats is the world's greatest meme. Like, I'm in love with this meme. Why haven't I been stacking sats? I've been... We have been stacking sats this whole time. We just didn't like realize what to call it. Right. Not the vernacular yet. Well, and also I was doing the thing where, you know, I'd make a big buy at the quote unquote bottom. Oh, so you weren't dollar cost averaging. No. So I, you know, like at the most recent bear, you know, I, I bought like $300,000 worth at uh, 6,600. Yeah, it's like terrible. Horrible, dude. No, big dickin. Big dickin. And yeah, we we all know you did because you were posting screenshots the whole fucking time. How does it feel? You shouldn't. Be, you're like tell, you're preaching like bad habits to people. Here's what I'm respect. doing. I'm doing community service for noobs because they get to see that you know you remember during the fucking 17 run up, all these like little bitches like crypto Medici would be out there telling people like what to do, you know, or uh, crypto Randy or whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. pick your favorite shitcoin influencer. 
And most of these guys are poor losers who live in their mom's basement, like Michael Nye, like Crypto Nye. That guy, you know, you remember this. Just and, name dropping. I love it. <laughs> I don't think any of them listen to this podcast. Yeah, fuck them anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Matt, Matt and Marty aren't saying this shit. I'm saying it about you. You're a bunch of little bitches and you know Michael it. Michael Nye is Ripple Tattoo, right? Does he? No, that's, uh, I think you're thinking of Bitlord. Oh, Bitlord, right. Bitlord. That's pathetic. Um, Bitlord waxes I mean, his well, eyebrows also. Well, that's, I mean, this is a good... <laughs> And I'm not trying to say uh, one thing or another about any of these individuals, but it is crazy. It like highlights the craziness and insanity of the mania when we get into the mania phase of these run-ups because basically all the people that you're referencing in my mind, just via observation, I've been making, they've been on my Bitcoin list and they've popped on my, they popped on my Bitcoin list as they came into more and more in conversation and observationally looking. It's just posted charts had an anon with crypto in the name that was basically you post bulls charts at the right time during the bull market when all the retails rushing in you can get followers very easily i'm a hypocrite too because you People post like something the charts you post something that tickles my uh, various confirmation bias spots and i'm gonna fucking smash the like button on yeah, that thing. retweet <laughs> right i uh i just want to go back real quick because i think it's important to talk about this i think the stay humble part of stack sats <laughs> is really important because Otherwise, when you do get to a bear market, people get overextended, right? Exactly. And so, like, yeah, for maybe <laughs> absolute numbers, what you post. Well, this is big, exactly what for, I was trying to tease out by pointing this out. Right? Yeah, that's not the way to to go about it. I yeah, knew I, Matt. I knew Matt was going to chastise me when I want, but, when I came in here. You know, but just because like I'm, you're, tr- <laughs> like people should be humble. Like they shouldn't overextend themselves. I and I, I understand agree. you're not, yeah. but. When you post those big numbers, like you make everyone feel like they should overextend themselves. Like they, I, I sometimes I'll look at a tweet of yours, and I, I will just open up Cash App and I will buy more because. Oh, you know what? We should stack it right now, like during the pod. You know what I mean? I'm gonna stack right now. So, I'm gonna stack right now. But sometimes now. I'll look at it and I'll be like, "Damn, dude, are you worried about uh, are you worried about the GPTC premium oh, closing yeah. when the ETF gets launched?" <laughs> Well, I just, yeah, you, Marty's asked me that because I just bought a half million dollars worth of GBTC and then I posted it online. I know Matt's like shaking his head at me. He's like, stop fucking saying that shit, dude. <laughs> Listen, I'm like the one exception, man. That's that's how it is, you know? I'm going to try and buy 7,700. Let's see if Cash App will let me do that. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, I stacked. Big dick. Uh, I can only, they saying I can only buy 210. Do you max it out a lot? Every time. I just hit the max buy every time. Ridiculous. <laughs> you should like. I, what I is your to, risk for? Like, if you don't mind me asking, what is your risk profile like? What does your portfolio look like? Well, so okay, so I have all of my personal. I just stacked uh, what two point five million sets. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say. <laughs> Every time I do that shit, Matt is like shaking his head. Matt's so red right now. Matt's red like, right now. You've promoted stacking sets like tremendously, but. <laughs> It's just, it's bad habits. I lost the roots. Stay humble. I lost the foundation. I mean, because the other issue is like, then people think like, oh, if they're a NIM, then they're safe or whatever. But like their KYC exchange provider, like Cash App in this instance, can connect who, who it is. Totally. So if you use their data, you can figure out who the Twitter is. And then if someone's like, it could out them. They could be thinking everything's, like I know you don't think everything is anonymous on Twitter or whatever, but they could be saying things they shouldn't be saying. Things are not anonymous on Twitter. Yeah. Like you, you guys Obviously. need to, you guys need to understand that uh, everything that I'm putting on Twitter, I, I feel is ultimately going to be 
reconnected back to my real name and identity, right? Because it will be. It will yeah. be. Uh, no, 100%. Okay, good. I'm also willing to fight the fuckers right up front. And right? Like, I don't think you've said anything, like, incredibly... What am I doing? I'm a yeah, guy who's exactly. buying some shit that's legal through an American company. That's where, like... I am, like, right there with you in this line of thinking where a lot of people are ultra-parent, like, be worried about what you say in social media, especially if it's, like, anti-state. It's, like, just with that admission alone, like, be worried about what you say on the internet because you'll be put on some list. Like Self-censorship. Exactly. Self-censorship, like... 100%. That's like, why I don't self-censor But do not self-censor. Right. It's like, different with Bitcoin because, you know, okay, no, regardless, I, regardless of what he posts, the American government... Can, knows he's a Bitcoiner. He buys GBTC, does all this shit. Like, they obviously know you're a Bitcoiner already. Oh, 100%. So that doesn't out you as a Bitcoiner to them, but it does out you as a Bitcoiner to any other government in the world who is... Um, like, they know you have... You were buying this amount of Bitcoin at this point, and then if it goes up 10x or whatever... It you're shouldn't to, matter, though. Like, it shouldn't matter if they know. You know, I'm just saying, like, if well, people want know, to I travel what, and shit, like, it's going to be I think what Matt is saying is actually a fair point. Like, that, you know, maybe I'm setting a bad example for uh, international Bitcoiners because we have certain protections here in, in the U.S. We, we, we really do. And, like, I'm fully prepared to take this thing to court if it needs to be that way. And I'm fully prepared to put American HODL on the documents. <laughs> like, U.S. government versus American HODL. That'd be, so, that'd be so gangster. I want to flush out, like, a drunk cosmic future in which we don't have to worry about this shit. Like, what does that look like? You don't have to worry about... Dude, it looks a lot like what Trace Mayer is doing in Wyoming. You know what I mean? And let's explain that. What's he doing in Wyoming? So, you know, Trace is basically a, a wealthy early Bitcoiner, you know, who has a, you know, extreme um, ideological understanding and now has vast resources. And he has not been shy about telling people that. And, and you know, in the early days, he was doing it for, uh, you know, marginal increases in his hoardings, obviously. Right. But now he's doing it, I think, sort of out of the kindness of his heart. And he's trying to create regulatory environments that are favorable to the type of individual that he is. And we all benefit from that. Is that you who posted the uh, picture of Trace of the shoes? Yes. <laughs> that was a hundred percent me. And the Costco and the, sneakers. So no, no, this is, and this is a topic. I actually have this tweet up right now because it goes hand in hand with this tweet. You posted a tweet, uh, two days ago over the weekend of Steve jobs was worth $400 million. Uh, at the time that there's a photo with a tweet at the time, this photo was taken and, uh, he had zero furniture in his mansion why? Because none of it was good enough for Steve. He had a Porsche in the garage and a mattress on the floor. Don't accept what the world offers you. Demand more. Yeah, this is a tweet that... And I feel like these go hand in hand with what you're describing with 100%. Trace. Like, fucking... Your sats are the most valuable thing in the goddamn universe. You, what are you going to do? Spend them on, like, some shitty foreign car? Fuck that. Spend them on things that really fucking matter. Whatever that is to you. You know, like, all right, I'll put you on the spot right here right now. What are you going to spend your fucking sats on... 20, 30 years from now that is really going to matter. I think land that I will hand down to my family throughout time. Seven generations, hopefully. Productive land is always good. That is my goal. But how are you going to reshape society in a way that's meaningful? Hopefully make Bitcoin become a thing that is part of everybody's life. My citadel is going to be very well run. <laughs> It'll be a beacon of hope to people. <laughs> Bitcoin is almost like step one. You know, in a in a two or three step process, where we reshape fucking society. You know what I mean? All right, let's go through this. 
Oh, I mean, I, I always analogize to the American Revolution, but we're at the stage of the American Revolution where we're all just sort of, uh, you know, talking. Meeting in the, the coffee shops right. and stuff like that. Exactly. And some people are being like, but England, but England. And we're like, fuck shut off. the fuck right, up. Shut this guy the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. We're going to war, motherfucker. <laughs> and the reason I blow my OPSEC and, you know, I say that I have money and I'm a wealthy Bitcoiner and everything. Not wealthy like Trace is. Trace is fucking a god among men. But... You know, that I have a couple million dollars in Bitcoin. The reason I say that shit is because I want to put my neck on the line. Like, I, I believe in the cause. You know, George Washington was like a wealthy aristocrat when he went up against the world's biggest empire. I mean, how crazy is that? And, like, we need to put it on the line and actually fuck up the establishment. Is this a, is this a thirst for, uh, like, excitement and... Uh, Meaning, meaning. Is it meaning, or is it like a, a rock, like a, a like? Are you uh, an experienced chaser looking to like looking like a skydiver looking for that mm. rush? No, because I don't feel like I went looking for this. I feel like it found me. You know. But number go up is a rush, right? Oh my it's god! It's like the most addicting drug there is, and it's the and it's the worst because number go up happens so briefly. <laughs> You know, like we're all here for years and years and years. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, another good point of uh, stacking sats and like DCAing in is because you're going to miss like the two to three days of the hyper volatility that makes the big up days in Bitcoin. Right. It's pretty easy to tell when that is too and just, you know, not buy as frequently as you'd normally do. Yeah. Stack sats. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I, that Steve Jobs tweet, like the only thing in his, in the room in the picture is a lamp and like someone commented underneath they were like i don't like the lamp (laughs) (laughs) that that was very twitter i was like well steve liked it man it was his lamp you know yeah i thought that was an interesting thing about steve jobs because you know and it's like a very obvious knock on steve because all steve did was demand of people and he also wasn't publicly charitable right he was not he didn't do much charity at all but he might have he did he did some we don't know though if he was doing it you know his wife did some for sure yeah but you know there's like that movie and it's like i don't play the you know i don't play the instruments i play the orchestra you know what Steve did was demand the best out of the people that were around him, and the people that were around him were geniuses. But would they have done what they did without Steve? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And what I'm asking Bitcoiners is, I want you to fucking demand more for your Bitcoin if you're going to part with it. Like, I don't want you to just, you know, I don't want you to just buy a ranch or productive land and then like... Like a Toyota Camry. And a, yeah, and a Porsche or whatever it is. Like, you're going to be stupid rich. What the fuck are you going to do with it? Are you going to change society or what? Like, what the fuck are we doing here, you know? No, it, it feels like we have the ability to change it, too. Like, Bitcoin it is that con- Is it a conduit through which we could change society? Or is it, uh, is it a conduit? Or is it... It's, it's a, tool. a tool. It's a tool. It's right? a tool, yeah. Nonviolent tool. Right. But it... Like, how... How short is the window of opportunity in your mind? Do you think we have a, a needle to thread that we need to sort of get this as robust and decentralized as possible before a certain point? Or 100%. Step one is make Bitcoin happen. Are we, are we doing a good job so far in your mind? I think so. Could we do better? I, th- I, I think we're doing a really good job. You know, the blind spots that we have are getting worked out in a decentralized fashion. What, uh, what are the blind spots in your mind? Hmm. 
That's a really hard question. I think, um, man, I think <laughs> this is just, Matt's going to yell at me. <laughs> I think privacy focus is a blind spot. Like in, in the fact of like, yes, the money should be fungible and the money should be, we should be able to make private transactions. But like you as a Bitcoiner, Matt's going to yell at me. You need to stand up and say, I fucking Bitcoin because I'm a free man. I don't. I don't need to fucking. I'm, I don't live in your Keynesian dogmatism. You know what I mean? I'm right there High with five you. Marty, right there. I'm right there. But with is you. that that's like, like that's that's, that's one you, thing that turns not turns me off, but like <laughs> there is like the crazy and not crazy. Like again, I'm drunk. This whiskey is hitting you. Oh, it's so good. I'm pretty strong one. right now. But the. Crazy future in which everybody needs like hyper privacy. You need to paint your face a certain yeah, way. So is... that like I don't want that. But I would like a world in which we're all just like, hey, we're all gonna be free individuals. That's let's, like let's, but I'm, I'm let's not... agree let's agree to at least have this yeah. agreement and then we can act like normal I'm, people. We don't need to like paint our faces and I'm not worry about transacting be, in the world. I'm not trying to be a dick when I say this. But like I feel like that comes from like a privileged position to say something like that. hundred percent. It does. No, because no, like, that's does. right. That's right. I'm glad you said that. In a lot of places in the world, and like it, you will get fucking killed. Over I agree. It. I agree. And I agree. so, so it needs to be, but we your, can't be angry at chain analysis companies. If they can do it, we should, we should build the tools that are necessary to make sure that they can't fucking track the transactions in the first place. I agree. hundred percent. I agree too. And, all right, to clarify, that is an ideal, like, that is the ideal I would like to strive for, where we can all just be like, I don't care. And again, absolutely. Maybe, maybe, I don't disagree. Exactly. But maybe listen, it's an ideal that's unattainable. And, like, you can never reach an ideal. So it's all. I just think humans, dream. like, you should just build the system so you don't have to trust humans to, you know, act in good intentions. Like, that's, like, the reason all of our systems are broken are because there's, like, this overlying assumption that all humans are going to act in like good ways to people. Well, and we should just assume that won't be the case well, and operate right, accordingly. Right. And well, that's the crazy thing about today's day and age too. We're finding out that people that pull the levers are not as good as we'd like them to be or we well, expect them to be. That's the scary thing about our generation is the calls for socialism, which is calls for altruism, which is, you know, why don't we just trust the government and they'll be, you know, basically our, you know, daddy and mommy and they'll like give us money every month and we'll fucking, you know, there's probably a lot of people around here in Williamsburg who like that idea, right? Fuck that shit. Like, be a fucking grown up. Take responsibility for yourself. Like, well, that's what, when I had uh, Mauricio on from Ledin.io and he's a Venezuelan and ran a mining operation down there and he said though, like, once you get a little bit of that that free government money that you live off the dole for a little bit. It's so hard to get off of. And here in America in particular, the welfare state's only getting bigger. I don't, I don't see contracting at least anytime soon. It hasn't contracted well, recently. It's this only is the getting thing worse. That scares me is like, we're going to be dealing with, we're going to have newfound wealth at a time when people are inheriting the ash pile. That's a very scary proposition. Well, that's always when like major wealth gets made anyway. It I, is true. I, it I, is true. I just want to like give our generation like a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt because if you look at Bitcoin, the majority of people here are our generation, are younger people. They're yeah, not but, older people. But there's also so, so few of us, right? But no, but it is, I think it is a little like the socialist millennial is like a little bit of a meme. Like I feel like it doesn't you know, for me, give. 
I think most of our generation is fed up and they know that they're getting served a shitty fucking platter, but they just, they're, they haven't invested enough time to know what the solution is to that. They just know they're getting fucked. Right. And, and some of us have come out and, and actually, um, tried to figure out what was going on. Right. And then others have it. They just jump onto whatever the latest thing is. Well, you know, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with Matt entirely. And I think that I think that me and Marty are speaking from privileged backgrounds. Like, you know, I've heard you on the podcast be like, I played lacrosse and it sounds like you went to maybe like a prep school or a private school. I went to, yeah, I went to right. all boys Jesuit private school. And I'm from a similar background as you. So like, yes, we 100% speak from a privileged position, but maybe that's sort of our role is like we need to step out there and be out. It needs it needs every everything. Well, that like, I mean, I mean. Yes, I've definitely had uh, opportunities to get an education that a lot of people don't have opportunities to, but I've had my ups and downs in my life as well. Like, it's not like... Oh, right. Me too. It's not like shit has been yeah. flawless throughout time. And that's like... No, that's, I'm not trying to paint you that way. No, no, no. And I don't think you were trying... Like the, the thing... And I'm trying to get to the, the bent that I wrote last Friday, which was like, why don't we just... Uh, Sorry, there was mic disruption there, but we got past it. Um, but the bent I wrote on last Friday was like, why don't we walk away from the politicians? Because that's the thing that pisses me off. Because, again, like I, I felt like the hesitation, like talking about like, yeah, we're, we're privileged and talking like this. But, like, it, again, the politics in America in particular have been driven to such a point where you're just – it's you against the other. And that's the framing of all the political conversations in America. It's creating an other – and then pitting you against the other. Well, and you know, now that we're all on Bitcoin, right? Like, don't you kind of have these conversations in Ubers or wherever you have them about Trump or whatever it is? And you're just like, oh man, I just wish you knew about Bitcoin. I wish you knew how the monetary system worked because then you would see like who's behind the fucking, you know, who, who's the Wizard of Oz? Like who's pulling the lever? It's not even the Wizard of Oz. You find the root of the problem again. And like, right. am I wrong? Like, do you think the root of the problem is money and the money yeah. creation? 100%. Like, we all interact. Fixes this. <laughs> Bitcoin does fix it. Like, do you do you think that? Man? Like, what do you think is the root of the problem? Like, if you had to diagnose the root of the problem, yeah. I mean, I think our system has broken incentives. I think the incentives are all out of fucking whack, and our politicians are bought and paid for, and like the top is able to just keep sucking up all the wealth. Um, I, I I think when I talk to like most of my f- peers that are like not in bitcoin uh they're like exasperated and they're um they they don't know what to do they're just like stuck in their cycle uh and and i but my point is is not even i it just this world is like so fucking big there's people from like all different backgrounds that are using bitcoin uh, it's pretty crazy when you start to think like even it, I have to actively make sure not to be like from my point of view, Americans, American centric because we're such a little portion of the world, right? What are there? 7 billion people that aren't Americans. It's more than that, right? No, it's like 7.2 or something, right? Yeah. Let, but, me, let yeah. me interject here though. Isn't it a great idea to give them I don't want to say American ideals, but a tool, we'll just, a tool. Just drop some patriotism on them. 
Well, here's the thing. That's the worked re- out well. The reason, I fucking, the reason I fucking call myself American Hoddle is because, first of all, American Gothic is a dope-ass painting, and I wanted to seem austere when uh, my real personality is anything but that, as you can tell. I, but, loved, I love the profile photo, yeah. <laughs> but I fucking believe that America is an idea that's worth fighting for. Well, that's... I'm very happy with how you phrase that because that's the important th- important thing. America is an idea, an ideal an idea that you yes. strive for. And I would argue, and that's been the reason I started the podcast, the reason I'm into Bitcoin is because I had somebody, and I've told this story on the podcast many times, but this was a defining moment in my life where I had somebody who grew up in the USSR basically shake my shoulders and be like, Marty, the US is slowly but surely turning into what I ran away from. And if you pay attention, if you look at the Patriot Act, all of the the privacy and liberty encroaching uh, laws and, and mandates that have been passed. That's the other thing. Like Nobody talks about executive orders and how they've been bastardized over the last six years in particular. Like That's where I come from. Is like, yo, America, yes, we live in this country, we pay taxes, we are Americans, but that is not what America is. America is an idea of pure freedom, just like pure individual sovereignty. Like You can do whatever the fuck you want to do as long as you're not harming anybody else. Mm. Uh, America was humanity's city upon a hill, right? Like we've always had a city upon a hill, some, some beacon to look up to. And it's not anymore. Bitcoin is, right? Like that's humanity's beacon. Like it's Bitcoin is the city upon a hill. Like that's where the most freedom. Why do you think it's a city upon the hill? Well, it's because it's the most freedom, the most liberty the most humanitarian aspects. Like the, the idea of the American constitution was not to give us rights. It was to defend our rights, like our inalienable rights, rights that were, we were born with, you know, they're inalienable. If you're going to get it onto like the etymology beat, like it cannot be disconnected from you. Exactly. Like, it is part of you. Same with Bitcoin, like the ability to save your time and your energy. That is a fucking fundamental human, right? You know, and that's why Bitcoin is the world's new city upon a hill. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion? I don't want to say that, but yeah, that's how I feel. That's yeah. how I walk around. It seems irresponsible to say that. It totally is. Ir- My whole thing is irresponsibility. I mean, I've, I say it more in a bear market, but I've said that I think Bitcoin will pump forever which I think is a pretty irresponsible thing to say. That's the smartest shit you've ever said in your life. But I think it will, right? Like, that's the thesis. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing is, like, we might not see, you know, 3% GDP or whatever, like, in a hyper-Bitcoinized world. We might see 10%, 20%. Who knows what we're fucking capable of if we have uh, a money that benefits us. Well, that's the other thing. Like, if we do grow into a world that is run on a Bitcoin standard... And that's another point I want to drive home to people is like the KPIs that we strive for. Are they advantageous in this economy in particular, like in in the current system and the incumbent system? Like is GDP, is growth for growth cost a good KPI to strive for? In a Bitcoin standard, what would that KPI be? What we have now is a measurement industrial complex. We have measurements that, you know, for certain you know phenomena that we feel is going to be beneficial to us and to the status quo and then we have a system built around those measurements it's like okay let's talk about your thing with the mazari crypto rating guys and how you fucking 
you know, you like went after them as they deserve to be gone after because they're replicating a part of a broken system that has no fucking place in Bitcoin. Like if we're going to be free market, let the fucking free market decide. Don't come out and say this. This thing's not a security. Don't worry about it, guys. Like, fuck you, two bit idiot. Marty and Matt are not going to say that shit. I'll say that shit. You're a bitch. Fuck yourself. He, he posted one of my tweets the other day. He didn't even do any due diligence on it. He thought I was talking about some recent news story about some guy, you know, jettisoning all his Bitcoin. And I posted the old Mike Hearn article. If you can't even do basic due diligence on a tweet, why the fuck should anybody trust you with their shit? I was happy you posted Mike Hearn's. Uh, that was, that was I think, a very Bitcoin lost ex- piece of history that you know needs to be talked about. No. Not, a, not a lot of new Bitcoiners knew that one. Yeah. I and a, that was, to us, it was like... I have a thread well, that's on why that I ha- That's why I felt compelled to write that, write that issue today. It was like, Dude. people don't understand, like, Segwit2x. And, well, Mike Hearn's piece was probably the impetus for that whole conversation, Segwit2x. I bought two Bitcoin for $800 <laughs> on boss, Circle. Boss, 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 sorry, boss. Sorry, sorry. I only have 6.15. I bought two Bitcoin. 615 million sats. I only have 615 million sats. I, so anyway, I bought two Bitcoin on Circle. You guys <laughs> And I, in the notes section, it had a little section where you could write shit, and I wrote, fuck you, Mike Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how I remember when the hernia happened. That was so annoying when that happened. January so 2015 many- or 2016? It's 2016. January twenty because we were all supposed to ma- act like he mattered and he didn't fucking matter. Well, let's talk about what Mike Hearn wanted to do. He wanted to enlist a blacklist of Bitcoin addresses that would be identifiable to uh, among other things. He was a spook. He was. I definitely think he was a spook. A spook. He was right? a spook. He He's had to definitely have a spook. And Gavin was. He was ex Google. Gavin got turned at some point. I don't know about Gavin. Maybe. He went to the CIA to give them a... Yeah, but he could just be naive. I think that's his... Like, no, and I'm not saying... He, if he yeah, was naive, it his, is dangerous. I think but, that's his uh, cover. Is Oh, I'm just naive. Right. Maybe. But Hearn was definitely, I think. Yeah, he wouldn't... Like, yeah, Hearn was obvious. more so, likely. Yeah. So like, for you freaks out there who don't know who we're talking about in regards to Mike Hearn, Mike Hearn was a Bitcoin core developer... Uh, who in January 2016 uh, posted a Medium article. I believe it was titled uh, the, was it? Uh, it was like Death of Bitcoin or No, it something. wasn't the Death of Bitcoin. It was the Conclusion of the Bitcoin the Experiment. The Conclusion of the Bitcoin uh, Experiment. The Conclusion was, of the Bitcoin yeah, Experiment. That shit is seared in my brain. As yeah. soon as you said it, I was like, yep. Yeah, and he... He basically like because he ba- he was like he said they did over. He yeah. went like to New York Times like, and Wall Street Journal, and, and he like, did a whole. His, his explanation was his explanation was they won't they won't they won't push my blacklist into the core protocol. Therefore, it has failed, and Do Bitcoin you? ran to all time highs immediately after that. Okay, twenty x. A sixteen Z is obviously like a shitcoin factory, and but Coinbase is their uh, portfolio consolidation company. But I will always love Mark Andreessen because. On Twitter, when the price, when we broke new all-time highs, he came up and was like, "Has anybody heard from Mike Hearn?" It was a fucking amazing tweet that I don't think anybody remembers. I don't remember Twitter. that. He at deleted all. his whole Twitter, but you remember that? I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, it was the shit. You're, was refresh, the shit. you're jogging my memory. Right P. Marka, look that tweet up. It, I Vinny remember. Vinny was the other one. Vinny, but Vinny was a little bit later. I think Mike Hearn, when he did it, it was like five hundred, six hundred dollars. So it was actually more than twenty x. It would. It might have been lower. Than Vinny 20. was a twenty x. Vinny was like nine seventy to like ten seventy. 
I, was where I he believe Vinny was, sold 95% believe, of his Bitcoin. Yeah, I believe Vinny was in the four figures. Or actually, no, Ral Paul was the other one. It was at like 2,100. Well, he was a little bit later. Yeah. 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 That's why Bitcoiners are so aggressive is because people tell us we're fucking idiots all the time. Dude, that's all you hear. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you're at the top, they tell you're an idiot still. And you're like, it's $20,000. How am I still an idiot? I'm a multimillionaire. Shut the fuck up. It's on its way back to zero, though, dude. <laughs> it's like, ugh. My, okay, let me tell this story. My dad, I called my dad, and you know, my dad and me had sort of an estranged relationship, and you know, he was sort of like never in my life because he was a hardcore you know, corporate lawyer guy. And my whole life, it was just like, succeed, succeed, succeed. You know? And I call him during the 2017 bull run, like in December, when it's like 20,000 bucks, and I was like, Hey, I want to let you know, like, I'm a fucking multimillionaire right now. Like, it's crazy, but it's true. And he was like, that's not real money. <laughs> that's what he fucking said to me. And I was like, yes, it is. God damn it. Like, it has liquidity. Shut the fuck up. You know, like, why am I not good enough for you, dad? <laughs> like, that's, that's what's going through my head. Well, what do you think it is? Like, why, why is he st- still dismissive? It's a generational thing, I think, mainly, you know. Really? Yeah, because think about it. They had to grow up in a generation where, like, they had to be dependent on other men. Like, it's like the cloud is someone else's computer. Well, like, the Fed is just somebody else's money, you know? And they did really well. Yeah, they did. They got rewarded for it, right? To be, to be in, in Peter Thiel's book, in Zero to One, he talks about being a definite optimist versus being an indefinite optimist. Whereas, like, our grandparents' generation were definite optimists. It was like, we're going to land a fucking man on the moon. How the fuck are we going to do that? I don't know. We're going to crunch the math. We're going to do it. We'll figure it the fuck out. Figure it the fuck out. All right. Stop being un-American, son. Stop asking. And our parents' generation, or, you know, if the baby boomers may not have been your parents, but the baby boomer generation, they were indefinite optimists, which was like, how are we going to, how are things going to get better? I don't know, but shit seems to be working out, you know? It's like that thing we were talking about earlier. It's like, things are good now. They're continuing to be good. It's like Raul Paul says, like, all you got to do is buy fucking bonds and equities and go to the beach. Things are great. Why are you questioning shit? He also wants me to wear diamonds. <laughs> I think you should don out with some diamonds. Matt could use some diamonds. I'm looking no, at him right now. It goes like, back buy to- gold, wear diamonds. But it, so that's what I think. <sighs> what holds me back, what makes me most apprehensive as a Bitcoiner, as a quote-unquote millennial... He just wants to like stand on top of a mountain and shout at the world like we should be fucking paying attention to this. We should be transitioning to this. Like I'm always like, who the fuck am I to be telling people that you this said is this better? shit on the other on the other day with Travis King who said too much shit about distributed ledger technology. Like fuck that guy. <laughs> did I preface bro? DLTs. Did I preface that? You did preface it really well, but. <laughs> He was like saying shit like he was like, oh yeah, I fucking, I bought XRP because I was like, clearly bank coins are a thing. And I was like, fuck off. Like, why do you have a fund? Anyway, I don't want to shit talk him too much, but he's a bitch. But here's the thing, Marty. <laughs> I like that episode. I thought it was a good episode. I do not no, endorse it. I agree with him a lot. Travis, I just didn't I like you. all the DLT talk. I like DLT better than blockchain. It's better than blockchain, I guess. Oh, and he admitted that he was wrong about XRP, but then also bragged about like what 11x. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I made 50k on XRP." I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right, but it was a good episode. It was. I liked. I enjoyed it. People have I to go through it. their learning experience, you know. <laughs> as long as you're not promoting the shit coins, it's a little bit. It's okay. I'm an agnostic host. I'm just here. 
Marty's just asking the tough questions. I'm too drunk to remember what my original point was. But I don't know. Was... You just like brought up DLTs. No, we were getting into like before that. I had a point. Like my apprehension is like what if it all doesn't work out and we're giving this information? Was that my apprehension? I'm we'll drunk figure it out. It's fully gone. I think it will just figure it out. <sighs> humans, humans are smart and greedy, and we'll figure it out. Will we though? Yeah. We always have in the past. That's true. We've always figured out in the past. We're well, pretty much killing it as a species. Well, if you're thinking of it as an input-output system, the rate at which inputs are being put into the system is... It's getting crazy. Like, it's getting to a point... Like, is this success, is, though? Well, that's the big question, right? We're so at that, pre-success. Well, that's the big question, right? Because that's my... So... Former guest on this podcast, somebody who gets a lot of shit on Bitcoin Twitter, Joe Weisenthal, and I, mm. I would argue that he is a, not a mouthpiece, but he's an advocate for the mainstream way of economics and stuff like that. And I think, like, how do we put the context of our current condition how do we put our current condition in the context? I'm so drunk right now. <laughs> how do we put our current condition in the context in such a way that like you can think of moving forward without having to take like historical precedence in the con- air. I'm so drunk. I can't even fucking explain this. 113, 113, 11230 to 11330. That last minute, I have no idea what I was just about to say. <laughs> you going to uh, cut that out? I think I'm going to. Go back. You, who, who well, the point I'm up? trying to make is like, it is a big leap of faith to like jump into Bitcoin and be like, this is the way of the future. Like literally the world has never operated on a system like Bitcoin. You know what the great thing is? Nobody knows anything about their fucking money. Nobody has any investments. Like they're starting from scratch. Well that, and this is the point I'm trying to get to. Like what if we're leading them down the wrong road? What if we're wrong? That is the whole point I was trying to get to. It's like, so Joe Weisenthal like pushing like the mainstream narrative, like, Hey, this seems to be working. Like, what if that does work in perpetuity and we're just the, the curmudgeons that don't want it to work because it doesn't fit into our worldview? Even if the current system works into perpetuity. Holy shit. I'm probably not going to be able to cut that out. And I'm sorry, freaks. It's okay. Why aren't you going to be able to cut it out? I'm going to forget. Yeah, I figure you're going to forget it. That's why I always find it funny when you say on air what the time is because we all hear it when we like, listen to it. I know. You're like, like, I'm going to cut that shit out. And you're like, hey, does. it's still in there, man. <laughs> Never does, but, but every what? single time he says it, into, and like <laughs> saying it into the recording doesn't help you remember it because it's in there somewhere. That's part of the charm of the whole thing, you know. You know what my favorite is is when Marty gets upset. When Marty works himself up into a lather and gets upset about something, that is my favorite part of TFTC. I when, love that shit. When do I get upset? You you get upset on the privacy episode with Janine a little bit. Like there are times definitely when you get upset, and I I love that shit. I'm like, oh, Marty's fucking fired up, like. Well, I'm always fired up. I think the world, and this goes back into the point like where I lost myself earlier. Like, I believe that like the world needs directional change. Not like I'm not going to say what every individual needs to do in their individual life to change, but I think directionally, we need to fight for freedom in the digital age. Like the digital age in particular, as we tra- so that's the big thing. We're transitioning into a new era of the way humans interact with technology, and there's a good argument to be made that we have fucked up the first iteration. There's like a turning point here. There's like, we can go in two directions. Exactly. And this is like Trace's thing. Exactly. But I think up until this point, we've gone 
in the free. I think like if you talk like oh, the last, 20 I think we years, go in the wrong like, direction. You dude. think so? I think we start off and we need to like correct. How about mistakes? like internet access and shit? Yeah, but think just about like, like access to knowledge and and like like borders are relatively open. It's right. all good and well now, but like it feels like it could be all shut down. I agree. In a moment, but I think like we're we've kind of <sighs> net benefited. Also, think know? about the oligopolies that have formed. You know, the tech oligopolies that have formed. Yeah, but is that new? No, no. Well, the the global scale is new. Yeah, exactly. The the, pa- the power and the speed. Be. The speed is new. But too. the the concept of it is very old. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. The concept of control, and power over a system is very old. Yeah. But the ways in which it's enacted today are so foreign to us. We're still figuring out how the hell it happens, right? Like, and that's my biggest worry is that we get to a point where. We allow it to get to a point where there's no turning back and you have like the Chinese social credit system yeah. exported to the rest of the world. It would basically black mirror. Like that, that shit is not good. Just the key is to have enough sats that when that happens, you can just chill in your city. Well, we have, total, we have total privilege here, though, as Americans. We really do. Like, let That's me what t- I'm saying, right? Let me t- we do. Let me tell you the story. Okay, so for work, I like run a big influencer. And we have an invitation to go to the United Arab Emirates. Wait, you run an influencer? I produce all of their content. Like, I run their But it's cha- a person. I run their channels. Right, You know, okay. Facebook, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Like, I run all that shit. It's millions of people that subscribe to this person. And I'm the guy behind it. That's how I have money to stack stats. Like, you can make a fucking killing on YouTube. We have an invitation to go to the, see the Sheikh's son in the United Arab Emirates, and it pays a half a million dollars. Okay, this is like something that's very hard to turn down. And then you look up who this person is, and you're like, oh, this person's a straight-up war criminal. <laughs> they tortured U.S. citizens. Like, maybe I shouldn't go. But then the, the lure of stacking sats in my brain is like... Half a million dollars. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, when we're on their soil, like, the calculation I have to do in my mind is like, when I land on their soil, I'm on their fucking soil. And they could torture and kill me at any point. And I'm just, I'm... I'm well, wouldn't it be better if they didn't know you had Bitcoin? <laughs> Do we agree? You know what? The conspiratorial thinking from Matt has actually gotten me. Like, when we were going through this email chain, I was actually in my brain being like, I wonder if this is a ruse to get me, the Bitcoiner. You know? And what is, after we 10x, you're going to be thinking it even more. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you put yourself another glass of whiskey there? Wait, has we're gonna have the uh, we're gonna we're gonna have the crew roll in after you pass out later. <laughs> six point one five hours. That's, people were like, "You guys got to go six point one five hours." Like, there's no way, dude. We're, we can't uh, talk for six point one five hours. You haven't wait, met us. Yet. Have you shielded Bitcoin through the influencers account yet? Yeah, all, <laughs> all, all the fucking time. I, we do a pod. I do a podcast that actually gets you know probably more impressions than this podcast. Oh fuck you, bro! <laughs> That's Can we just it. Cut it. Can we, should we just end that, the episode on that? No, no, no. And it's been fun. Uh, thank you for traveling across <laughs> no, country. No. Uh, this is my fucking favorite podcast. Like I, there is no podcast that would get me to fucking fly out here. Like, and Wait, can we come on your podcast? One hundred percent. There you go. Why like, is this podcast so popular? What are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Dude, you guys, you guys are the Bitcoin hang. You're the Joe Rogan of Bitcoin, Ugh. which is the shit. <laughs> like, we need a Bitcoin hang. Like, Stefan Levera is amazing. And all his stuff is so good. I he's love too, Stefan. Stefan. He's, he's too polished, man. 
We need. <laughs> I, I, lo- I, lo- I listen to everybody. I think we all listen to all the same podcasts. It's like, all part of the same network. Exactly. You know, but you guys are the to, you well, guys are the hang. That's why it's so great. It's actually in speaking from experience, somebody who has worked for a company that trailblazed podcasting in particular with Barstool. That's the crazy thing about Bitcoin, the Bitcoin space is that yeah. the consumers of one podcast consume at least five podcasts in the space or something like that. I'm at the like fucking the, point where I don't even listen to regular podcasts. The, what do I actually? I just listen to Bitcoin podcasts. I have one podcast that's, I listen to that's not a Bitcoin podcast. Yeah, I listen to the Joe Rogan Experience still and maybe like a few others. It's kind of a Bitcoin podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Did you did you watch his most recent UFO one? I, I, I did. I watched that over the we, weekend. Dude. I, so I haven't watched it yet. Are UFOs real? You know what? They are. They that are. That one. How can they not be real? Well, aliens? Did they? Is Satoshi an alien? Are we doing that, like Pomp's thing at the end here? No, <laughs> no I just. <laughs> I watched that over the weekend, and it was nothing like I haven't seen before. But it was in Joe's defense. It was a Navy pilot who was on record on the YouTube video that showed the UFO. So he was the first, he was the primary source. And they, he had him on, right? He had him on and he, and, and the guy it, thinks like, it's yeah. an alien. Yeah. He was like, there's no way he described it as like a Tic Tac. And he was like, it would have like a gravity propulsion yeah. system. We do not have the technology that, but that, the Chinese might, uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. It did, it's, know. you know, there's a video of it and it seems to move too fast for an electric drivetrain, which is interesting, right? Because it's like, Okay, this is not a not some weird Chinese drone, and this was back in two thousand four. Like, but that said, like I don't know how fucking FLIR works. I don't know how infrared cameras work, you know. And I'm a guy who understands cameras. Like, I don't know. I listened to that episode and I was like, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's is the other question. Bullish? Like, is are we bullish? in a simulation or are we in the cosmos? Well, if we're in a simulation, like, fuck you. <laughs> that would. Are you kidding me? Dude, well, that's, if we're in a simulation, though, it makes so much sense because we would have all come to this fucking point to see Bitcoin be born. It's like, hey, man, when do you want to come? Do you want to come to the point when you're already rich off Bitcoin and you just live in your mansion and get your dick sucked? No. And if you're you don't want to come to see Bitcoin be born at inception, and that's where we would have all come because we're all fucking... Well, why would I come... Like, wouldn't I want to be in, like, 2009? Well, no, that's the other Listen, thing. Bro, I don't know why you chose to be part of the simulation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing about being... Is the beauty of being in a simulation simulation like the the moment at which the participants in the simulation realize they're in a simulation is that what discovering yourself is and no i don't i don't like talking about simulation because if it is a simulation like fuck that that fucking sucks well, what if we figure out that why it's does a it suck though because like i'm making decisions and shit it's just a waste of time well no no, no. but you're making decisions for the simulators to watch what you do it's like my daily life is just a waste of time. Did you ever read Nick Bostrom's original article I'm about I'm going to take simulation? a pee break. I'll be right back. Oh, this is when we talk about raising the 21 million cap ceiling. <laughs> you know what? I think that we need it. Like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> if we ever raise the 21 million cap, like, it, yeah. aren't you out? I'm out. If you guys fucking raise it, I'm out. I don't want to see it raised. What is if it was just like, just like 1% just to... You know, you just just so like that Peter the fees the fees yeah. would have there'd be just a constant reward, so you knew that no matter what, there would be a reward for security. I would only like to see something like that implemented if like things have fucking broken down. Right, like, that's what society I society is broken down because we're now on a fucking Bitcoin standard. And I think you been, only implement it in like a situation that would be like way yeah. down the road. People were, wait, were and that's the beauty of it, right? Like you don't want to. 
because you can't ever come back from it. You can't never. No. You'll never have the twenty-one million cap again. There's this great. So you try and make the twenty-one million cap work. But if 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 it came a situation, whatever gives Bitcoin the most value, I'm cool with. There's this great book called The Mandibles, um, which is written by the author of. Can we talk about Kevin? I can't remember. But anyway, the book is about basically like. We've raised the cap. <laughs> the, 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 book, the book is basically about monetary policy. And uh, in the book, the, the, you know, everything goes to shit as we all expect it will in a hyper-Bitcoinized world. And they have a fucking currency called the Bancor, which exists over in Europe. And like the person gets their hands on it and shit. And then they go to Nevada. And, you know, they're, they're, it's all like the libertarian free state in Nevada. And it's is like, that what Bancor is named after? The, well, the Bancor is named after um, something by Keynes, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Bancor is named after an idea by Keynes about. Are we talking a, about B A N C A O R? Global, a global currency. Or we're talking about the I C O or the well, original we, idea. I was talking about a book that uses the same. Um, anyway, but anyway, at the end of the book, <laughs> the you know the Politics. all the libertarians get together and they're like, yeah, and you know taxation is only ten percent, like that's reasonable, and everybody's like, yeah, of course it's reasonable. And then the last sentence of the book is, and then taxation rose to eleven percent, like. That's what it is. It's the fucking the creeping factor that's in everything. That's why we can't have a we can't have inflation in Bitcoin because once you go there, you just There's go no to. Style. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. It's. I mean, going back to shitting on Ethereum, but it's like Vitalik came out pretty ardently in 2016 and said pretty confidently that there would never ever be more than 100 million ether in the next hundred years and. Two years later, there's 107 million <laughs> ether on the market, and that's what was the coin 42 coin or something that has like 52 coins or some shit. Well, do you remember that one? Well, I met. Wouldn't it have 42? It's supposed to. Well, that's oh. well, that's what I think. That's what I think. A lot of these other projects don't realize is as soon as you set the precedent, like that's all that needs to be done. Exactly. It's the precedent set is that you give an inch. Well, I mean, the limit isn't, and code. the market will take a mile. The limit isn't code; it's social. Yes, that's what people I think don't realize. Like a lot of people don't realize is like all these like there's tons of altcoin chains that have whatever their limit is, right? And that's not really a limit because it's not actually enforced. That's it needs to be socially enforced. That's ignorance and apathy and all the stuff we were talking about earlier. Like hyper Bitcoinization is going to occur. You know, it's not going to occur like the way it's laid out in that Nakamura Institute article. It's going to be more, I think, what Safe says, where it's like you know we take out a few cards and we add a few cards in the new house of cards. But it's going to fucking happen. And so, or what the fuck was not. I talking about? I'm drunk as fuck. It is. I mean, <laughs> you just started talking about hyper Bitcoin. No, we're talking about like the. Right. The ability for alt chains to inflate their supply pretty, pretty rudimentally, pretty easily. Exactly. And Bitcoin is not, at least up to this point, eleven years in. What I'm saying is, it's going to be really hard to fucking fight this when we're all dead. You know what I mean? Like we're we're the generation that knows what it is to live in a debased monetary standard, and and the and we haven't even seen the true fractures of that system. Like the system has not even collapsed yet. I guess the real question is like, will someone be running? Will will people be? Will be there? Will there be a large group of people running Bitcoin nodes in twenty years? No, right? It'll be centralized. Like but that's, that's what like, happens. But so that's not good, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's gonna it's unless we can find some meme that is basically like, I'll come back from my grave and fucking haunt you. 
No, what you have to do is, like, running a node gets you everlasting riches and big titty bitches or something. Like, why you know running true. a node should be glamorous? Well, if you have six point one five and you're not running a node, like, fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Well, what would be the impetus to force people to run nodes, right? No, like, wait, wait, we're not forcing anybody. Right? <laughs> no, like, I mean... This is a voluntary system. What would be the impetus that incentivize somebody to run a node, right? Like, if you have a situation in which people are feeding people who aren't using full nodes bad headers or something, and you have, like, a proliferation of people sending Bitcoin UTXOs out to addresses that they don't see fit. Like maybe that is the impetus for. Well, I think privacy invalidate. I think privacy is the easiest fucking sell on Bitcoin node. Like you tell them sovereignty, you tell them they're trying to protect the system, like decentralization, all this shit. They will never do it. You tell them that you can't interact. Like they don't care that the, about the trust profile or whatever. Uh, even though like you can't interact with Bitcoin with minimized trust if you don't use your own full node. But what they do care about is if you tell them the most private way you can use Bitcoin uh, is if you run your own full node, I think we will get a lot more people. And I think Bitcoin will have failed if we don't have a large, like geographically diverse group running Bitcoin nodes in their homes and in their offices. And you know, like not every person in the family has to run it, but like Uncle Mitch, should be running his Bitcoin full node and everyone connects to it. Or we need that Blockstream set-top box that goes straight to the satellite. You know what I mean? That's well, what we like. What Rodolfo was talking about. Well, and speaking of Rodolfo and Blockstream and Cold Card in particular, today they released a, a tutorial Cold Card did of setting up a Cold Card with BTC Pay. My wife's here. She needs the keys. Marty, Marty's wife is here and needs the keys. By the way, the relegation studio is pimp. I'm just going to say, Marty's place is nice. It's clear he has 6.15. You, <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> I for fucking forget, man. The, um, oh, running your own nose, oh, yeah, privacy, so, sovereignty. It's everything wrapped up into one. So... BTC Pay and Cold Card in particular. Oh, right. The impetus for running a full node may not be sending transactions, but receiving transactions. That's the point I was trying to make because uh, the tutorial that I brought up, like hooking up Cold Card to BTC Pay, makes it so that you literally can offline set up a UTXO set that you drop on BTC Pay server that never touches an online server. Other it's definitely receiving. Yes. Is the key is yes, is private exactly. receiving. Private receiving may be the impetus to use Bitcoin privately. That's what I'm saying. And it's just from use case, like using it in that fashion that is like made me realize like holy shit, nobody knows who sent me this Bitcoin. Because in a lot of ways, nobody knows these addresses sending a transaction, you're better off doing it without your own node. Yes. Like if you send it through a mesh or something yes. like that. Yeah. It's like almost it's almost better to not send it through your node. It's like yeah. first step. Let receiving ask, privately is is key. Let me ask this: so, like, how do you convince normal people that don't have an illicit mean to do that? Well, why do people use well, it's encrypted so, messages? Like again, like once you experience it, that's it's true. Like, Fuck, that's true. Dude, this is no people have to care about their privacy, right? And and people will care about their privacy because their privacy will continue to get violated until they fucking care about it. That's true. Right? And we're seeing that happen. And we're seeing, you know, there's a new war on encryption and whatnot. And we're, there's going to be countless cases where people realize why they should care about their privacy. And it's going to fucking happen, I think. 
And if it doesn't, like, that's sad, and I'll be upset about it, well, <laughs> right? But I might as well bank on that, on people. You guys should up. see how disappointed Matt was when he looked me in the eyes, when he was, like, Very blowing your ops, like, right now. I was like, I know, Matt. I don't give a fuck. He was like, well, I'm just trying to get how people to stay you? humble, bro. And <laughs> you're just doing the exact fucking opposite. <laughs> this is just and me, then, bro. Like, part of when I got triggered last night was because someone was giving me shit about their, like, stacking sats is an irresponsible meme. And I'm like... Who no, said that? stacking sets is like the most responsible meme. But some people some decide people. to stack large amounts and <laughs> post screenshots of it on fucking Twitter and it makes you know, it, it makes it the whole the whole lifestyle look more uh, degenerate. Yeah. Less conservative, higher risk. Right, like the whole point. More nipple flick. Let me tell you where I'm coming from on this. What, like, the reason why I inserted this into the stacking stats meme is because, (laughs) like, Trace was saying, like, he was like, we're moving into a more hyper competitive sphere of Bitcoin, and I think he's right because the scarcity is kicking in hardcore. What do you mean by a hyper competitive sphere? So the scarcity is kicking in hardcore, and we're all, you know, being like looking at each other like. Okay, our investment's not going to go to zero. We all already believe this shit that it's going to fucking be the world currency. So we need to get our hands on as many fucking sats as possible. Hyper competitive. What 6.15 does is it makes it a gentleman's club. It's like we're fencing. You know what I mean? We're basically being like, hey, bro, I stacked this many. How many are you going to stack? You know, it's it's like brinksmanship, you know? What? <laughs> When I saw you guys initially stacking like five dollars and ten dollars, I was like, "This is not enough." We were trying to be These responsible. motherfuckers need to stack we're, so much more, you know. We're trying to make it more accessible. Yeah, but it's it's stacking sats. It's not stacking Bitcoin. You know, it's, it's you know like what? You're, it's trying to get people away the, from agree to disagree. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I hate when fucking people say that. Well, also, <laughs> people don't have those stacks to set. Like that's true. The stacks to fucking drop on sats. No, I, yeah, I just. But you know it's getting yeah. it's scarcer and scarcer every day. Like you need to get your fucking. Well, hands like six point one five isn't enough. You no, know? it's like not. You should at least go for billionaire status, which is ten. <laughs> ten. Ten yeah. is billionaire status. That's a billion stats. I yeah, agree. Yeah. But remember, back in the day, we had the twenty one club. Like I, th- I don't think new bitcoiners know about the twenty one club. Twenty one you know? club the, is what you should strive for. There's this other guy. One millionth like, of the whole supply. During the run up in 2017, he had like a what was it like two point one five or something. He had his own number. There was this other guy who had a number that was like two point something. He was like, he mathematically figured it out. It was the, that was the amount you needed. See, I, that's where he fucked up. Cause I just fucking winged it. I was like, six point one five cents. Is it cause it looks like big? Is that why? I dude, somebody just asked me how many Bitcoin I had. And I was like, six point one five. I just want to defend small titties for a second. Cause I think <laughs> small titties are beautiful. And I feel like you. This no, came no, out no, of no, nowhere. I got, we got to get into this. Because, this came right, out of nowhere. All right, no, yeah. no. Here's the thing. Small, like, I agree. Are great I agree. Listen, if you're gonna buy for the long term, you buy small titties. You know what I'm saying? You don't buy big titties. They're gonna depreciate. They're, they're hella inflationary. Like they're gonna sag. Like that's just how it is. I'm sorry, ladies, whoever's listening to this. But smaller titties are a scarcer asset. Because like anyone can produce big titties. Let's you be real too. Produce. When you when you're a real man, you don't give a fuck about small titties. You're like that ain't stopping me. Like let's do this thing. You know what I'm saying? There we go. I'm glad that we got him on the record. No, no. All right. Here, all right now here's the thing. What? <laughs> Marty doesn't want to respond. <laughs> what eternal riches and big titty bitches is? It's a shitcoin pitch. 
It's a shitcoin pitch for Bitcoin. Isn't it everlasting riches? Everlasting, everlasting riches. riches Whatever the fuck city. it is. I don't I know. I like everlasting. I think it's Oh, nice. and uh, to be clear, I'm a big fan of titties everywhere. No matter the all, size. All titty sizes. That's, I agree. I agree. We, that, fist bump. We can agree on that. <laughs> no, here's the thing. It's like, it's a shitcoin pitch. Like, I'm not some fucking playboy douchebag who's out at the, you know, Vegas clubs or whatever slamming puss. Like, I have a wife and child. I have a wife and child and another baby on the way. I'm like, I'm a fucking family man. Okay, but that said, if you get in. You can't speak like this. If you get in for the 6.15 and the the big titty pitches, like, along the way, you're going to. It's a metaphor. It's a, well, along the way, you're going to become a hardened individual who wants to, like, move out to Wyoming and take control of your monetary sovereignty. You know what I mean? So it's it's a lure. It's like a fish. I'm like, I'm fishing for these noobs, you know? Do you think Bitcoiners are inherently like family men that they have kids and they have, or they like well, quest to have kids? I think Bitcoiners are more conservative that, by nature. That plays into the time preference thing, right? Because families are more low time preference. Families are super low time preference. And by the way, like if you listen to culture writ large, like you're being told like you should what? Like twerk, 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 twerk. Yeah, you should get a dog well, and if you care about the environment you shouldn't have any kids right exactly you should like, eat bugs Greta Thunberg I'm never rub bugs, bugs in your eyes I'm that's my American bugs. privilege I will not eat the bugs no bugs I tried one of those cricket bars they're fucking gross why actually I would do I would probably do like the powder they grind shit. them into a powder yeah and it's shit. like it's just protein powder yeah it's not like legs in the bar or whatever, whatever. but they don't taste good they taste bad man yeah, it's protein. Yeah. I I couldn't like actually like eat like one of those like Vietnam uh, carts or whatever. You well, know, I don't know if you like, guys know anything. like a food cart. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know anything about um, Jonathan Haidt's work. Jonathan Haidt is a social psychologist who went who's a Harvard guy, and he wrote this book called The Coddling of the American Mind. He wrote this book called The Righteous Mind, and basically talks about the difference between liberals and conservatives. And conservatives have a much deeper moral palate, where their moral palate is more like you know purity is part of your moral pa- palate and you know, you, you more subscribe to hierarchy, et cetera, et cetera. And liberals tend to just have care, harm, reduction. Now, when I use, like, conservative liberal, that's not to mean, like, you voted for Trump, you voted for Bernie, whatever. Like, Bitcoin invites everybody into the tent. It doesn't matter who you are. It is to say that the people that are here early tend to be more on the conservative side, although it's not always true. I think it's just, it's just fuck the system. Yeah. Like we have, we have radical left, we have radical right. Well, it's not even fuck the system. It's like let's build a new system, and but that system is inherently built on principles that are inherently. That's why I'm fucking here. Like, fuck the system. If anarchy, but if anarchy was just fuck the system, I wouldn't fucking be here. You know what I mean? Like I would be somewhere else doing something else. Well, this else. isn't pure anarchy. Well, yes, it is. No, because there's still rules. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but but anarchy, anarchy doesn't, anarchy doesn't the fact that anybody can come and go. Right. right. Anarchy doesn't have to mean there's no rules. But there's, it's like we have consensus rules, right? Yeah, but anybody can... Like the system runs on rules. Yeah, but anybody can download any version of the rules that they so please. Well, wouldn't pure anarchy be like a barter system? No. You wouldn't have like a universal account? No. Because well, you would still measure... You pure, would still measure like distance in kilometers and stuff like, like that. Francis I do like that. Or somebody here. I do yeah. like that. We, we have to, uh, we have to help CK, uh, put that into the common well, lexicon. That's the other thing. So Bitcoin like the, is a metric system. The meme of, of <laughs> Bitcoin being the metric system of value that has to be taken with a grain of salt. It will never be such that you can measure value the way you can measure distance. Why not? 
because you have different. It's just the sets, but you have different goods entering the economy that that have uh, like different pricing information that isn't priced in automatically. The so, things are different sizes. Yes, they're different sizes, but like you can, you can't measure, you can't measure economic creation right away. One thing like that the, I, that's why pricing exists. One thing that I think is interesting here is that meters do not have a symbol. But everyone will, wants I a mu- symbol for sats. I must preface meters this, do not have a symbol. I must say that it will be closer to that metric system that we that we envision. It'll it's just, just not a, a perfect metric system. We don't need a symbol for sats. All we need is a lowercase s at the end of the number, and then. It's just like meters, but for value. The letter S is the symbol for sets. Right. We own the letter S. Fuck off. What? That that's like a huge debate that's going on that I don't even. Did you see the one, Matt? Matter? What did you think about the one that was the sat with the lightning bolt and the? It's all right. I, yeah. I just don't think we need a symbol. I think sats will be the standard. So when you see a number and you see a little S behind it, you know, like that's how many sats it's worth. And that's that. I like that. It's like meters. Yeah, I do. So as well. Sats are the metric system of value. Are we so going an to evolution change? of uh, CK's <laughs> meme? Are we going to change all the clocks to Bitcoin time? Yes. <laughs> to block time. Well, that's that's. Well, that'd be really right? bad, actually, because. Uh, <laughs> like well, there'd be some sort Poisson, of. Poisson. What is it? Poisson. Poisson. Poisson distribution. The Poisson distribution. Poison distribution. There was a uh, there was a two hour block what last week. Yeah, you couldn't do. You can't do short term time. Based you can't. Off of block you can't time. be like, "Yo, meet me at block 623,000. Years. I could see years being like. I recently did um, Pirate Beach Bum's uh, diaries again, and he did. Uh, I was part of the Bear Market diaries, and then I was also part of the Bull Market diaries, and like nothing has fucking changed. <laughs> but one thing that changed. Are we in a bull market though? Can we call it the bull market? We are in a bull market. It doesn't matter. I don't are even. Are we in think... a bull market till we go past twenty thousand? Listen, question if anybody is, is like, "Hey, fifty five hundred inbound," fuck that. The real question is, when I did it the first time, were we even in a bear market? But that's besides the point. One thing that did change. All the questions were like basically the same, and almost nothing changed. One thing that did change was he had the question, "When did you first find Bitcoin?" And I put it in block time. That's amazing. And I think year-wise, like when you, start, when you start talking about years, like, you know, we, 1900 AD, right? We picked an arbitrary point in time and we started doing time. Like maybe that's the Genesis block now. Like I, I could see year time easily well, being dude, just whatever. This may, 100%. this may sound taboo right now, but the person who uh, introduced this concept to my life was Andrew DeSantis. Like DeSantis, that was... It's a little bit controversial now. I still love DeSantis, man. Like DeSantis got my brain firing in a way that I was... Uh... Dude, I meant... Where did he go? Where is he? He's, in, he's over on Bitcoin SV right now. He's right. a BSVer? Wait, wait, wait. Honestly, this is the first time I'm ever hearing of it. He's a BSVer? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. I'm what not is sure. What's up with these fuckers? I was I was going through I was going through Daniel Krawitz's the fucking timeline today, and I was like, dude, you wrote so much bomb content for the Nakamoto Institute, like hyper Bitcoinization. Was why are you following creation? some fucking piece of shit Australian con man for BSV? It's like all right, it's like Kevin Fam, right? Like sometimes when I go super hard on Bitcoin Twitter, I, they're I, getting paid. Kevin Fam, no, I know, paid, I know. Right? When I go super hard on Bitcoin Twitter, I think can't confirm nor deny. I, I think help. okay. What if somebody wanted to pay me to switch? You know, 
what would I worth it, dude? This is a long term reputation game. Well, yeah, that's no what I'm amount of money. I wouldn't do it. Like the reason I fucking flew here to Brooklyn is to just meet you guys and fucking go on the pod because you're both gonna be wealthy motherfuckers in the future, and I want to know you. I don't own any bitcoins. So. Yeah, what no, is Matt. Bitcoin? Matt doesn't have any, but I want to know you guys just so I can get invited to the ranch or wherever the fuck, and we can all be friends. You know. <laughs> I lost all my Bitcoin in a tragic shitcoin accident. It was terrible. I was there. He was trying to get in on ETH 2.0. I lost my bag of Bitcoin as well. <laughs> I watched it drop to the bottom of the ocean. No, but it is. We're building the Citadel network. Oh, my God. The Citadel is real. Okay. Well, it's real. But they're not real yet, but they will be. They will big, be real. I'm not a big fan of the Citadel future. Again, going back like to this. Like, Why not? Why don't you just buy sense. all of Bro- Williamsburg, man? That can be your Citadel. Oh, God. I would never make Williamsburg <laughs> my Citadel. I'm getting far the fuck away. Have from you read New Snow Crash? I've not. Not yet. Snow Crash is like a pretty good time. As I need to read it, too. It's on my list. Yeah. It's a big... Uh, all my Everything I believe that's going to happen in the future is just like... In Snow Crash. Isaac no, no, no. It's just like, like a mix of all the sci-fi I've read. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's not original thought, but it's just it's all a combination of shit, other yeah. people's. Well, that's sort of the beauty of that genre of uh, sci-fi in particular. A lot of it has come true. and So I'm more drawn to, I don't even know if you consider it nonfiction, but like the sovereign individual, but I'm drawn to nonfiction, like people who write about things that have happened in the past. The sovereign individual is just like a fucking how-to manual. Like, it's a template. Yeah. Everything everything in that book it is, is so crazy. Pre- so it's prescient. crazy, dude. So prescient. Like, it's crazy. You know? On page 27, The Revenge of Nations. Or 24. It's 24 or 27. Or 21. It's in the 20s. No, I think probably. it's 25. Are you talking Maybe about the Bitcoin page? The Bitcoin yes. page is 25. They pre- yes. Wow, yeah. he was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was right in the right. It was in the part. range. You know, like, you page... know, the only reason I know that I'm gonna have, I, the only reason I know that is because I listened to an early episode of Marty's on the way here, where he was talking with Pierre, and he said the exact page number. I didn't remember the exact. Marty page. said it. So Marty said it. I'm, I'm just Marty. feeding your own shit back. So also so hilarious. HT old Marty. Your first ad was. I don't know if anybody's ever listened. Grant to this. Arnett. The first ad was for like just some dev who needed work. Grant. <laughs> Our boy Grant. <laughs> and his email was like, the new season of Curb is mediocre at <laughs> yes. gmail.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fucking funny. $50 paid in Bitcoin. Where's he at now? Uh, I don't know. I hope Grant's listening. Grant, if you're still listening, give us a shout out. He's got to yeah. be there. We'll give you a free ad read next week. We just kind of gave you a free ad read. I think we just said That was your read, address. Grant. Right. Last season of Curb, or the new season of Curb is mediocre. Let me ask you guys this question. How do you feel about the, the Bitcoin plebe thing <laughs> <laughs> pleb right i think it's plebe because it's plebeian short for plebeian plebeian yeah <laughs> it's it? it's a it's a taste thing i say pleb i say plebe plebeian once a pleb Should always I, a pleb yeah <laughs> no i think it's i love the bitcoin plebs i wish they're not plebs i would exactly they're not plebs they're like that's why I keep telling them. I'm like, be fucking future masters of the universe. Like, you don't have to be fucking plebs. And just like it's obser- a humble thing. Ob- exactly. And observationally, just like looking out, again, observa- like what I'm looking at it as is like, and I've seen it, like the ple- like the taco stuff yeah. and all that shit. Like, come I love tacos. Like, it seems like a group of people <laughs> who are learning about Bitcoin at the same time and sort of having a similar trajectory to coming to understanding and using each other to like... Uh, test ideas and stuff like that, which is beautiful. And I actually wish I had a community like that when we, like in 2015, 2016, right. 
when like I was a lurker on Twitter and loved like and like we, we didn't did have, have Telegram like that though like Reddit and stuff I yeah but like ish. it was different though because it was you, like Bitcoin you, talk yeah it was different Reddit like anybody like it was you'd post something like or for me I'd post something noobish and Luke Dash Jr. would tell me to shut the fuck up and how you wrong were on I was IRC no I was never on IRC I was on the IRC see I was pure like I like in my my but journey. it was all over my head. I just I was there just to be there. My know? journey alone was BitcoinTalk.org and Twitter. That's what I use mostly. Reddit, you weren't on Reddit? Was not on Reddit. Reddit never, was popping back in the day. I know it sucks it was po- now. I, ne- I never use Reddit anymore. Reddit sucks, man. It's just a bunch of noobs telling never, other noobs to be scared. I never I liked noobs. I never liked Reddit's UI of like I never liked the threading of Reddit. It never yeah. was like for We have good Bitcoin. Very gameable. Though. Good Bitcoiners are that, mods on Reddit, like Mr. Hoddle's a mod, uh Hearns is a mod. Yeah, there's good mods. Bashko. Bashko is a mod. I was talking shit on Reddit and they they like got mad at me and I was like, Hey, listen, I'm I'm sorry guys. Like I, I thank you for the work you're doing. But there's a lot of noobs on there talking about shit coins. It's it's become like R dash cryptocurrency, you know? Because My well, only experience with Reddit recently is I'm a mainstay of r slash Monero. <laughs> yeah, you are. What, they keep posting you? Because whenever I post about Bitcoin privacy, they like post in r slash Monero about how I should have used Monero. And they, Monero have a, no they, they have an acronym for it now. It's SHUM. Should have used Monero, which I actually love. <laughs> I actually, I think it's great. Well, that was actually. It's like our inside joke that we, we have together. Why can't we just use that was, uh, use Bitcoin. Next time you see a Bitcoin privacy tweet by me, look underneath it. There'll be at least a couple Shum. people that say Shum, Shum. And I will have liked it because I actually it's like our little inside joke. Shub. They're it's the Bitcoin uh, version. Reported by the block today. Uh, Fuck the block. 93% of dark markets on the internet use Bitcoin. Uh, support Bitcoin. Support or accept Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and then what I found appealing, if this fact is true, is that of the cryptocurrencies that are used, there's three that are mainly used, and it's Bitcoin, Monero, and Litecoin, and not uh, not Ethereum, which I thought would be. Why would anyone thing. use Ethereum for? Dude, I don't know why, but fucking more liquidity, right? Noobs love Litecoin. They love it. It's right. crazy. That Litecoin was the biggest. Like, ah, oh, people are using Litecoin. People over love Litecoin. It just makes sense to them. It's like a penny stock for the masses. It's faster. Yeah. They love it. I've, Litecoin is like my least favorite of all. Because they're like, oh, I can't afford $10,000 Bitcoin. I'll buy Litecoin. It doesn't make any sense. We need to price everything in SATs. Can we just talk about that shit? Like, everything Dude, should be priced in SATs. It's, it's 615 million, million SATs. I know. Everlasting riches. I knew he was going to hit me with this shit. And, you know and what? also little titties. Just all titties. The, just all titties. The, all lots titties. of titties. You know what the thing that sucks? Matt's right. Matt's yeah. right. Because it should have been sats. It should have been sat based meme. I was like a little bit. Of, I was like, it was like a little bit of a slap in the face, right? Wasn't it? Am you're, I wrong to think that? You're jilted. You're a little jilted. Because I liked it. I was like, eh, this is a pretty cool meme. I'm, I'm with it. But but it would be a lot better if it was yeah, denominated sats. Yeah, it was. You, it was questionable. You know what? Six point one five is. It's our. Uh, it's our five eighty nine. Like XRP had five eighty nine. Remember that? Shit? Well, Sats oh, is standard. Can... That's what I, I like. That one that I took from them, dude. Stack Sats is is the best. That uh, honestly, like Matt, like if I could, if I was some governing body that could give you an award, I, I would don't fucking, want the award. I would suck your dick and give you an award right don't now. Don't suck my dick. I I'm going know. to. Like, hey, big podcast titties. listeners, like I'm about to unbuckle Matt's pants. 
And we're getting into the after hours part of this podcast right now. Buckle <laughs> in, put on your seatbelt, and we gotta make sure you that have part. your helmet on. <laughs> no, but seriously, stack sats is the is the fucking greatest meme. It's the greatest. We need to make it, dollar cost averaging sexy. It makes HODL active instead of passive. It's the fucking best. Yeah, you don't want to just buy and hold. Exactly. You need to accumulate. You yeah. need to increase increase the stack. Well, no, and it goes back to something I was touching on earlier. Like, fuck, fuck bitches get money. Like, stack stack racks and shit like that like yeah. just subconsciously you need something but that's what we need the jewelry where people like just innately <laughs> know like stacking sats like oh duh, i gotta buy a little bitcoin so I are know. you still against the jewelry no the jewelry i'm is... not gonna buy the jewelry yeah, yeah, but you, it's not for i do you. i will acknowledge that it will be bought by others it's not so. for you though but it's good it be, it's good yes, for the virality yeah. of the i just don't want to be the uh the uh impetus for that maybe we'll sell some it needs to go in the hood. Maybe know? maybe TFTC should be be the the well, this people is so, who do the this is something that uh, something that Bitcoin jewelry. can enable something Listen. like Lightning Network can enable if you contribute X amount of stats to this show stats. provable by these uh, invoices you can get a banner that says you are a a banner. Or a piece of jewelry. No, I want something that a rapper can wear around his Hey, neck I think Rodolfo is know. working on it because we reached out to him on Twitter and like. Oh I, yeah. yeah, Rodolfo. Every time I get drunk with Rodolfo, I try and get him to make this piece of jewelry. So. <laughs> Dude, by the way, Rodolfo, lower the price of your clock. Like, I want that clock super fucking bad, but no, like, but I the, can't. It's, it's hard the to margins make. Margins are tight. Like, he's I can't not afford making, it, man. He's not making much. No, money I know. From that he deserves. Listen, he deserves to sell that clock for the price it is. But I fucking want that clock, and I can't spend four grand on it. That's just how it is, man. But in Bitcoin terms, the price keeps going down. I know. It's true. So that's like an important thing to keep in mind. I want that clock so fucking bad. Just wait. It's a hot, it's a hot clock. It's a hot clock. I'll, I'll buy the clock in like five years. It'll be... But he's only going to make 500. Gonna, it might nah, not be there. He'll make me one. I think... I think so if you make new ones, I'm not buying that clock, Rodolfo. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> so what do you think like... Going forward, are going to be the main impetuses for pushing Bitcoin into people's minds. Like, do you think Bitcoin is going to be forced onto people, or do you think Bitcoin are going to come to Bitcoin? I think Bitcoin's going to be forced on people. What the fuck? Why? People won't act without fear. People don't think about their monetary sovereignty. Nobody thinks about oh, that. Oh, but like forced by option. Like forced they'll by have option. no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, no I don't choice, mean like but, uh, by us. Yeah, yeah they'll have to think about it because the decision they're uh, handed yeah. because yeah. of circumstance. They're gonna be forced yes. by circumstance. You know, and it'll be too late at that point. Like it's like in Mr. Robot when they have like you know E Corp coin and is Bitcoin. Mr. Robot the rubric basically? You know, honestly, they got it pretty close. Like it's gonna be. It probably won't be a hacker that takes down the system. The yeah. system will just have will have like a ridiculous recession. You know, the thing is, like, if you would have invested in property back in the early seventies, like, people would have thought you were crazy. You know, yeah. so people think we're crazy now. For you know, like, if you would have bought property over across in Manhattan, people would have thought you were insane. They think we're insane now, and soon we'll be proven right. And then, you know, we're like 20 years out from people being like, I, I should have bought property. And then it'll still be a good time for them to fucking buy property, but they won't do it. So it's just a cycle that repeats. Like, most people are not going to be saved. It sucks. Noah went around talking about the ARC and was like, hey, listen, all you dumb motherfuckers, get on my fucking ARC. I want you to come. I don't, I'm sick of these goddamn penguins and these fucking you know, camels, whoever I got on this ARC. Like, you. you need to come on this ARC, too. Okay, Allegedly. get the fuck on this arc, and they were like, "Hey, 
Noah's fucking crazy. He's a crazy dumbass. Fuck him. This dude's saying it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And then it rained. But I I think even if you're late, if you're late, Bitcoin is still... It's it's one of those things that doesn't matter what time you get in. Can we say that no one's late? That's what I think. No one's late yet. Well, definitely not yet, but maybe ever. I think the time, right? Maybe ever. Yeah. Like, is is there is is there ever a late time to like have like a digital cash? You know whatever? what? Like I'm something say, you spend online where no one can block you, and I'm you can just no. transfer your wealth yeah. and hold this your wealth. This is like wealth. Star Trek credits, motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? In real life, well, all the sci-fi had credits. Exactly. They all have. They always just default to credits. It's galactic. But it's Bitcoin. You have so many galactic credits. You in, know. In your mind, but ha- that all assumes a central authority too. Well, <laughs> in your mind, how do we fail? How do we fail in your mind? How do we fail in my mind? Apathy is how we fail. I think we fail. Okay. In my mind, I think we fail because we succeed. And then our great grandchildren don't give a fuck. And then our great, great, great grandchildren really don't give a fuck. So this is the meme. uh, What is it? Uh, Hard times create hard men. Exactly. It's the same meme. Yeah. Yeah, like good times create. Hard men create good times. Good hard times men create, create good times. weak men. Weak men, men create, create bad, bad times. times. Bad, bad times create, create good men. Yes. I think that is yeah. a cycle that is inherent to humanity, and we cannot rid ourselves of it, like for at least the foreseeable future. Unfortunately, it is very unfortunate. That said, I think that, like, I think, you know, I have two girls. I think they're going to grow up and be like, you know, you know, daddy was part of this this thing, and, you know, he, he was on this, you know, podcast with these guys like you know i i think they're gonna have some pride in it and they're gonna carry the torch forward and then i think their children carry the torch forward and then i think their children would be like ah what was the thing and then you know apathy in terms of apathy like if you look at rich people the children have all sorts of different issues and whatnot. But one of their issues is not protecting their money. That is yeah. one thing that there's an innate human trust on babies. Most wealth is lost sure by the that third generation. Mo- but yeah. no, but regardless of that, is like they want to try and protect that money as much as possible, right? So if protecting that money is, you know, running a full node and 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 knowing what your obligations are as like a full Bitcoin citizen, like maybe there won't be maybe the apathy is built out of the system because of the financial incentive basically is 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 that they're trying to protect their future wealth and that's the one thing that they do truly understand is is that they want to keep that money that they they just walked into or born into or whatever i wish you were right but i think that we're going to be you know we're going to be living in a future that's much more similar to our current reality where they have all these you know, high time preference options to be able to spend their wealth and things seem like, well, if I spend it over here, I can make more into the future. And those things are hallucinations. They're, they're an oasis, right? Like they're not real. And, uh, so Bitcoin doesn't fix that. Bitcoin doesn't fix humanity. It really doesn't like it, 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 it puts us back to who we were. You know, like the last like 200 years, 100 years of centralization have been have been, uh, you know, a fluke in humanity's history. But we're going back to how it used to be like, right, like all this like talk about like yellow journalism, right? Like, oh, like, oh, you know, it's all fake news. 
that's just fucking yellow journalism, man. It was always yellow journalism because you had to fucking sell newspapers, right? Well, and then let's get into the conversation of is our current condition like worth it? Like is working in a cube from nine to five, living that soul sucking life, crunching Excel spreadsheets. Is that what we're fucking here to do? Like hell no. Like, and that's like Matt, what you were alluding to earlier, like does Bitcoin fix that? Like, I think Bitcoin can provide the structure from which we can get away from the the cube life right like you can accumulate cap like what is the cube life at the end of the day you're living paycheck to paycheck we're not going to need humans for cubes because we'll just have robots right we hope well we hope but somebody's but before that point like i'm even talking before that point like if you are working in a cube if you are working nine to five like realize the mechanics of your being what you are doing like you are and i was there like i can only say this because i'm living from experience like you are a cog in a machine punching numbers into a spreadsheet. You're a fucking cow in a field grazing grass. You know what I mean? And I don't want to get too like heavy or like for real though. depressing here, but that's like what like what are we here for? What the fuck are we doing? What are we here for? Like, is it to explore new realities that Bitcoin can create? Like, that's what I believe we think we're here for. But like at the end of the day, like I don't think we're here to plug numbers into a spreadsheet. And even if fuck you. No are putting your your neck out on a limb with Bitcoin and being like, oh, this is something new that may not be uh, palatable to most people, but fuck it. Like, this is something that seems better than what we're doing now. And that's what I'm willing to risk it for that biscuit. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Bitcoin at least makes you carnivorous again, where you're like, you're a predator and you're like, you're going to take down the big stack and then you're going to fucking rest. And then you're going to hunt and kill and take down the big stack. And then you're going to rest. Like, at least you're not going to be like some fucking grazing animal in a fucking pasture, like ready to be fucking shot with that stupid gun from no country for old men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, at least you're not that. At least you're not subservient to them. At least you're your own person. No matter what happens. Chips fall where they may, you know? Well, that's what I worry about, though. Are we those people or are we uh, just... Uh... Is that some romanticism that we hope we get to? Like, are we still working in with some weird framework? Man, I fucking feel like it right now. Like, I fucking feel like we're we're those guys, you know, like that we have high conviction and we're changing the landscape. Is it romanticism? I don't know. I have millions of dollars at stake. <laughs> Matt doesn't want me we're to say aware. that. We're stay aware. Stay humble, aware. stay humble. Matt doesn't want me to say that shit, but I want you fucking fuckers to know. I'm risking it for the biscuit, okay? I'm risking it because I believe in this. You know, what that is to me and my family is that is like a very nice... What does your family mean to you? Everything. What is your family? Is it you and your wife and your kids? It's me and my wife and my two daughters. And I basically have no one else. So it's just my immediate family. Like my family of origin who I created. Like That means everything to me. And I'm risking part of their sovereignty and their financial future for Bitcoin, which is like, it sounds crazy. You know, I should be putting my money in stupid ETFs or some gay shit like that. Bonds. You know, about <laughs> yeah, bonds. I should be buying fucking negative yield bonds like a bitch. <laughs> like somebody who just, like a fucking cow who just goes, moo, just fucking eats the grass. That's what I should be doing. But I refuse to do it because, for one, I, all right, here's the thing. Investing aside, 
I fucking love being right. Like, I fucking love it. Isn't it great? It's the best. When they tell you, like, in the bear market, when they're like, hey, you're going to lose all your money, and then the next price is going to be, you know, 300K or some shit, and we're just going to be there like, suck a dick. Suck it. It's, and they're it's, not, it's the best feeling ever. I'm the, in it for the tech. I'm in it for the tech. I'm in it for the tech, too. Like, I fucking love to be right. I don't even care about the paper gains. I don't care what I can buy with the money. I fucking love being right. I love it. It feels so good. It feels so goddamn good. This is primal. <laughs> it really it's is. so primal, like, because everybody told me I was wrong. And I was like, fuck off. I have, I have the same visceral feelings that you do how are we wrong though like I, that is always my biggest question is how are we wrong because we're not wrong we're just tuned in like destruction is a fucking loud act destruction is loud what like, are we destroying are we destroying or are we no, no, creating I'm saying, like right the current system is going to be destroyed because it's going to destroy itself like it's like a decaying tree and we're like a bunch of little fucking uh, mammals who are at the base of this tree being like, this tree looks decayed. And everybody's like, that tree has stood for a thousand years. And we're like, it's going to fall any second now. And they're like, no, it's not. It'll always be here. And we know that it's going to fall. And when it falls, it's going to be a loud and noisy act. And what we're looking at is a sapling that's quietly growing in silence that's going to take its place. And that fucking sapling is Bitcoin. Okay, suck a dick. I can do analogies to Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt came on here and analogized like a motherfucker. I can do that shit. <laughs> and what you are is a person who's tuned in to the silence. You listen to the silence. Right? No, and it's... I feel like uh, we're at... Uh, You're smart, Marty. You're smart as balls. I feel like we're in Zelda Ocarina times right now. We're at the, <laughs> the, the, the Deku tree, right? That's what Bitcoin is, like the little Deku tree that's that you grow into. That's a amazing reference, by the way. It is. Uh, no, but I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Like, it is. And I'm being a little antagonistic in my question framing here because I think we see eye to eye on all this shit. Like, I do think that Bitcoin is the impetus that forces people to think about our current condition in a way where it's like, whoa, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why are we doing it? Like... That's the craziest thing about what's going on right now. It's like we've never had more access to more information in an easier fashion, and nobody wants to question anything. Everybody just wants to go, at least in my observation, most people want to like just go about everything. Like, oh, this is the way things are. This is the way the world is. And it's, fu it's like... It's a fucked up world. I'm fucked up right now. Too. It's like Plan B's thing where he's like, uh, you know, in, in the Weimar Republic, like in Germany, like they thought that everything was increasing. Like they thought their wealth was increasing. Well, that yeah. was the crazy thing. Talking to Mauricio last week in Venezuela. And that's what. Yeah. There's really. Like the gardener story where like the gardeners are coming back with like, I love New York t-shirts. Yeah, well, yeah. And they're buying cars. And the fact that the car is going up in Bolivar prices, like. Like if you sold the car on the international market and like you used the car as a currency, it would have deep depreciated in purchasing power. But in Venezuela, the amount of bolivars it cost to buy that car went up over time. So people thought their investments were oh my God. store value. Yeah, they thought it was a store value. But and it people wasn't. Th people think that shit in America too. Like we act like we're superior, we're better. No, you fucking talk to your grandma or some shit, and she's like, "I'm not buying that shit. That shit costs eighty thousand dollars." And you're like, "Yeah, but it's like eighty thousand dollars isn't that much anymore. You know, it's like it's it's what it's what sixty three hundred dollars used to be to you. You know, like 
we're not better than anybody. We're experiencing fucking inflation right now too. Dude, I think about my grandmother. My grandmother is like a boomer. She just graduated or graduated. She just graduated from high school. Graduated like grandma. Had some weird. Uh, <laughs> had some weird time last time. No, but my grandmother retired like five, six years ago. But yeah. it's like she retired, and now she's even like, oh, do I have to get a job? Like, do I have to like get back into the workforce? Like, that's the crazy thing of our current condition is everybody's been fed this this mantra like, yo, you go to school, you get a degree. You get a career, you save up money, you get a retirement, you get a pension, and you get to live into perpetuity. And then you die. And then you die, and you but train you di- your train your replacement. But <laughs> don't make a fuss. <laughs> die in quiet. Don't have any children because they increase climate change. Sure I saw that- some fucking dumb shit when I was walking around here in Williamsburg, and it was like, "Ow, oh, this is re cashmere. It's like fucking one fourth the far- carbon footprint of cashmere." I was like, "Fuck off, <laughs> fucking who cares?" Well, like who? If the planet exists but we don't exist, fuck the planet. Like the planet can fucking you know die off. As far as I'm concerned, like if we're not on the planet, the planet exists to serve us, dude. The planet doesn't give a fuck about us. That's the what I'm saying. It'll around be fine for no billions of years. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, it'll be fine. The planet, like, whether or not we destroy it, we will never destroy the planet. Number one. Well, yes, we will, what? Marty. Because of Bitcoin. You know that. You know that as a what? fact. The planet I'm, will destroy I'm us. What on both of you? <laughs> the planet will destroy us long before we ever destroy the planet. I don't know. Planet. I think we might have to, like, evacuate. Hey, what about point. Greta Thunberg, bro? You don't think you don't think we'll have to evacuate at some point? Even if we do evacuate, there will still be. We'll go to like, like a better vault, star vault. system. Even we'll if go we go to, to a better, like the like your, the planet will still have like lava flowing through the middle. But of I it. think like maybe like the plebs will live on Earth, and then the <laughs> rich people such a despotic like view of the future. <laughs> It's just the sci-fi books. You know what? what This is is what makes the pod so good. My my whole ideology is based on (laughs) sci-fi. This is what makes the pod so good. Matt is eternally pessimistic and Marty is eternally optimistic. No, I'm optimistic. I'm just not not optimistic about the planet Earth. That's all. (laughs) But I'm optimistic for humans. I think humans always figure out a way. I do as well. We can't not. We got to fucking survive and thrive, you know? It's like we can't not. We're trying to find big titty bitches wherever we are, you know. And then little are titties. we? Are we the apex predators of Earth though? Like, what if there? Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, obviously, but like, what if there was like another, like what would another species above us look like? Would it be an alien species? Probably be robots. It'd be right? like the Joe Rogan podcast. I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen. <laughs> I actually watch it now because of the videos. I, I like the. Food. I, I like can't the video listen to too. it in podcasts. I've always watched it. You know what, though? You guys are, like, where the Rogan podcast was, like, back in 2012, like, when it was, like, wild and free, and you could say whatever the fuck you wanted, you know, and then, and then sponsors creep in, and you have, you have obligations. No, that's never going to happen to this. I don't know, man. I mean, Marty's already out here, here like, fucking no, interviewing I, Jack Dorsey and shit, like, Cash App's a sponsor, you know I what I mean? When we get 10x, when we get 10x Bitcoin price, like, we can just run on donations. We won't do... I don't think we'll need to have sponsors. I also uh, think 10x, don- uh, 10x Bitcoin price is when Jack Dorsey ki- starts, stops kicking me off Twitter. Like, I think that's when he's like, <laughs> ah, free speech Twitter for everybody. Like, fuck it. Like, you can say faggot if you want to. No, like, dude, it's okay. Dude, Twitter won't be. Twitter is. 
and I say this sadly as a shareholder, I I don't think Twitter's long in this world. I think that no, the key, I, I think the key to Twitter discourse is that you can have um, like pseudo, pseudonyms in in the discourse, so people don't feel like they're exposing their identity, and that 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 gives a more honest discourse. We get we get things that you would never hear otherwise. And all these centralized platforms like Facebook and Twitter are pushing towards this KYC future. Yeah. Um, so we will see stuff like Mastodon eventually take off. Like, unfortunately, it's I not there yet. I fully agree with you. Uncle, Uncle Marty's drunk right now, but I want to interject and say, after having sat down with Jack Dorsey, looked him in the eyes, and this is something I'm very big on personally is like i like to look people in the eyes i watch that it's one of the only tales for the crypt you can watch like getting get an essence of it like looking him in the eyes like i think he's down for the cause oh 100 like twitter like twitter in particular like we're talking about twitter but he knows twitter can't scale well well this is what block- I don't, well let's first before we go further in this conversation let's like separate this from like jack dorsey the individual <laughs> and talk about <laughs> these products as they stand, like Twitter, in my mind, has been uh, co-opted to a point where, and like, I saw this in Jack's eyes when I was talking with him when I recorded that episode with him. Like, I looked him in the eyes. He was like, he was very nostalgic about Twitter as a protocol almost. And right. I think that's what draws him to Bitcoin. The hashtag. Bitcoin. He was like, the users were telling us what exactly, to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and Bitcoin is still pure in that essence and that it is still like a Can I tell you, I want to tell the Bitcoiners protocol. this shit. Like, I got a meeting at Facebook as part of my current job. Like, where I run influencers. And... I don't, humble brag I don't number say 54. that shit to humble brag. I say that shit to let you guys know about the fucking, the shit that goes on there. Like, they don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They're trying to catch, they're trying to bottle the wind and, you know, find what they're supposed to be doing. And they have no fucking idea. And they have this huge campus. It's a mile long. Uh, it has all these restaurants that are all free for employees. You know, I walked by Zuckerberg, the whole thing. And Did you say hi? Nah, he was like way off and he has security guards around him and shit. But He's like sicko. when you sit in, when you sit in a meeting with the Facebook employees, it's a tournament of intellect where, you know, if you use a word like <laughs> what was the word I used? Like fucking obfuscate or something, and the other person was like, hmm. This motherfucker just said obfuscate. Like I'm gonna have to say, mirage. Right. Like it's so it's it's so stupid. And they don't know what they're doing, and they don't know where they're heading. And you know, you're you're asking them like, hey, I'm trying to build a product on top of your product, like which is shifting uh, quicksand. Like, what the fuck do I do? And they're like, here's the thing. We feel you. We feel you, guy. We have no fucking idea. Just wing it. <laughs> you know. And you're like, okay, cool. So these platforms are not long for this world. Like they're going to be demolished, uh, you know, ultimately. Is it like an AOL-like system at a different part of the stack for what you AOL would be is? a complicated AOL system? Like it's like AOL if AOL had figured out how to embed itself. But yeah, I mean, it's well, that was it's archaic. It's 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 they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They well, have no idea how to run a protocol. They have no idea what what the fuck they're doing. And it, it sucks as like somebody who's trying to build something on top of their platform. Like, you know, I have one of the channels I run has 2 million followers on their shit and, uh, they can't give me any inclination of where things are heading. And so I'm like, well, what should I do? Should I go to YouTube? Should I 
abandoned ship. You know, I don't know. Well, that's sort of been like the interesting thing about Facebook in particular is it's grown into like a, a very big ad network, probably huge. Only like Google's the only rival to it right now at this point, and they have a. They basically are gatekeepers to who and who cannot advertise on their platform and Facebook in particular, like is in this weird spot where like Zuck is such a weird front man. Like you can tell oh my he's God. we're smoking meats. We're here we're smoking meats. Poor <laughs> guy, that one live stream is just gotten killed on that one. <laughs> That shit was awkward as fuck. Uh, like it was super awkward. You just can't. Sweet baby race. They got the second they started fucking with the time feed, like the timeline and shit. Well, no, that's well is where they they became liable. Here's the because, point because like the face Facebook did it first. They did the algorithmic news feed, exactly. and now Twitter started doing it. So now they're responsible for the content. Right. That's the key, right? So I, f- I found my train of thought. I'm sorry, Uncle Marty's really drunk right now. But the point I was trying to make <laughs> is that Facebook was knowingly marketing their future product as, hey, we want to be the complete internet for people around the world. Like when you go into Facebook, like that is the internet. You do not go from Facebook to Twitter to a Chrome browser to search shit. You go to Facebook and you find your daily weather, you they find were, your stock prices. They were trying to be a walled that. garden. Exactly. 100%. And that is like their Which whole... Which was, uh, yeah. And it just doesn't scale. They were trying to be an intranet, basically, you know. But that is a what public blockchain, if you will. But the point I'm trying to drive like, private blockchain, sorry. But that is what Facebook wants to be at the mm. end of the day. Is they want to be that wall garden, closed loop experience of the internet. They want to be what the was, internet of what people what was interact with. It was like Kenya or someplace. Like they think that Facebook is the internet. Forget where it was, but it's like well, one. Of, I know, like they tried to roll out a plan in India, right? That was like one, free internet, but only if you well, only use Facebook products. No, it's one of these African countries. It. Like no, it's a, the well, people there think it's it's Facebook is the internet. Because, well, they've done they've done multiple campaigns. One of which was they launched the satellites, which are which are right, uh, har- like which are <laughs> giving out internet access. Uh, <laughs> Over certain geographics. I'm Marty so was showing out. us with his arms. He <laughs> was like, caca, caca. <laughs> the satellites were moving. All right. Like a f- albatross. I'm going to chug, chug. I'm going to chug some water and take a piss. I'll be right back. All right, dude. Um, should we, how long have we been here? It's been a little bit. Like, should we wrap this up? Two, two and a half hours. Two minutes. Like, I enjoyed this conversation. I think that we have, um, hit a climax of a bit <laughs> and, and, and maybe we should, you know, end it on top. I'm okay with that. That's right. We're not going 6.15 hours and we're no, definitely not crazy. going 615. That's crazy. We have a, uh, it should be, we have should be 650 million stats. I fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> we have a 131 hours and six minutes and 52 seconds of recording. I see that Marty also bought the 256 gigabyte card. <laughs> Uh, no, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. I'm very drunk right now. I may, American Huddle, I may have to like edit out some like lapse in, in thought from this episode, but it's okay. been an incredible jump into your psyche. Thank you for doing what you do. Dude. Thank you for flying out here. 
course. It's, it's been a pleasure meeting you. There are there. Listen, boys, there are. There's nobody. There's there's nobody else in the world who I would fly out for free. My wife was like, "How much are you getting paid?" I was like, "What do you mean you're getting paid? I'm like spending like two grand to do this." She was like, "What are you? Are you serious?" Because she's just me coming back with like you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars. I was like, "Listen, woman, you need to shut the fuck up." <laughs> These men are worth it. They're important. I like them. They're future. <laughs> Stacking airs. Okay. Satoshi billionaires are like. Mrs. Right. Hoddle, I want you to know that I appreciate you. Um, and thank you for for departing from your husband for a few hours <laughs> to drink whiskey. I, I love that it, it happened because there was like a tweet back and forth where someone like called you out. Right. Yeah. And they're like, you're going, you're going to go on TFTC. You're going to fly out there. And like, that's going to happen. And you're like, deal. And they were like recorded. (laughs) Oh dude, we got to also talk about our fucking, our bet we have about Satoshi's coins moving in 2020. I forgot. Yeah, that's was. We, we have, have a million. A, we, have a t- we have a tulip trust bet here. We have a million. Me and Matt have a million sats. Because you're bet. an idiot. <laughs> well, here's the, okay. Here's the thing. I don't think it's because of Craig Wright or whatever the fuck. Obviously, I'm it not, seemed like a I'm Craig Wright. No, 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 no. The Craig Wright thing comes from something else that I. What's me, the bet? What's the terms? Both hold on. Both January twenty twenty. <laughs> both me and Craig Wright have forgotten. That there was an original Reddit talk forum post about 2020 that we're Bitcoin both talk? yeah that we're we're read it was Reddit at the time that we were both referencing Craig and myself and everybody seems to have forgotten it except me and Craig and Matt was like wisely like hey shut the fuck up that's not gonna happen I was like ah shit somebody called me on it all right I'm gonna have to pony up a million sats but you know what Matt is the second sats master and there's nobody. That I would rather pony up. Wait, so what's the terms of the bet? When is the terms of the bet are if Satoshi doesn't move his coins by January first, twenty twenty one, I have to send you a million sats. So I'm good. Yeah, no, you're basically like three million. It's ninety eight. It's ninety eight percent that you won the bet. The funniest part is like there was like a million people underneath me who were like. Yo, give me the same odds. He was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. He wouldn't let anyone have the same odds. It's only for Matt. It's only for Matt. Because of stacking sats. And I called you out first. No, no, no. It's because of stacking sats. Fuck fuck your mom. It's because of stacking sats. Okay? How how would you describe stacking sats to the layman? Okay, let me talk to you motherfuckers about stacking sats. Stacking sats is the greatest meme. It's ever existed in your goddamn plebeian lives. You pieces of shit. You need to go out and stack as many sats as you possibly fucking can because there aren't many sats left to be stacked, okay? Matthew here gave you a fucking service when he told you to stack those motherfuckers because what he did was he took Hoddle and he made it from passive to active. That's big dick energy, y'all. And he fucking, he told you, pieces of shit to stack those sats and you need to stack them you need to stack them fucking right and stack them fucking hard all right fuck yourselves i've been drinking angel's envy which bitcoin tina told me to drink and i drank it bitcoin tina go fuck yourself i feel you though dog like let's do this thing peace and love freaks stay humble stack sets okay